Welcome to Critopocalypse episode 189. This week, we're going to open up with something slightly different, and um, <clears throat> this episode, what I'm going to do is in between every every uh, review we do, no. I'm going to give you an inspirational quote no. from this very special daily affirmations app I've, I've downloaded yeah, specifically I, I, for this ep- episode. Yeah, I'm going to kill myself instead. I have prepared this, oh. so some of these are incredible. Um... So, do you want me to start with an affirmation, or do you want to get into get into chatting away first? All right, I don't here know we go. More depressing. Here we go. Here we go. So, uh, this one's under hashtag attitude. What is that? What you're giving me? Yeah, this, this is the type of quote. It is they've got different ones for different. You're giving me some attitude. Hashtags. Um, they call us dreamers, but we're the ones who don't sleep. Hashtag attitude. That's what. How do you feel about that? That sounds more like a depressing. It does, doesn't it? It does. It sounds like someone admitting serious depression. Um, or they've got crumbs all in their bed because they've been eating biscuits. Oh, yeah, maybe. That'll keep you up at night. So uh, here's another great one. Uh, nothing can dim the light which shines from within. Hashtag success. Why are you swallowing torches? I don't know. I don't know. That's how you get the COVID. Yeah. you got to work on how to get the light inside the body. That's how. That's how you get rid of it. If you put the torch in a condom first, it'll and then probably slide down. Yeah, you get rid of the anal COVID, but you've got to get the light deeper, so you've got to get some x-rays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a different type of light, though. Oh. Do you remember when... Uh, do you remember when... Um, when uh, Charlotte Buff said, don't let your dreams be dreams? We'll yeah, get back to that yeah, later. I felt that. We're going to get back to that later. But anyway, yeah. episode 189, here we are, talking about stuff. Is it 189? 189. Uh, big news this big news this week. Uh, August fifth, prey is coming out. You just told me that. Yeah. But the more important one is July fifteenth. What comes out? Ant? Comes out your favorite series, John Travolta, <laughs> from the closet. No, he's never coming um, out. Oh. Even when his wife died, he didn't go. I'm gay. He just carried on. Um, no, no, Zombies Free, your favorite movie series, is coming out. Never watched a single one. Of yes, you have. No. I came in here the other day and I saw you watching one of them. I couldn't tell which because I'm not a fan. I've never seen one of those movies in my life. But you were watching one. Who's the green guy? Okay. What? What are you talking about? I didn't say his name. Anyway. Hey, <laughs> Dave. I almost burped again. Did you? It was going to sound vomit. Mm-hmm. It came out like a little weird echo. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, you've been up to much? No. Ah, oh, any news? No. <sighs> Have you noticed the Morbius stuff has died down? Yeah, because we're on to Kenobin time now. It, it's Kenobin time? Yeah, people are trying to get that started. Oh. Yeah, yeah it's going to happen with everything. It's just it's, it's broken now. Oh. It's ruined. Is there any song that's got the line, I'm the only one? Because then you could have I'm Obi Wan. No, oh, right. And then you could just change the song, and that would get it started again. Parody songs. Yeah. Weird Al's still big, right? <laughs> he hasn't made an album for a while, but yeah. He's got biopic coming out though. Yeah. Yeah. A Scott biopic. A Scott biopic. Yeah. And at the end, he becomes a weird Trumpy. Um. All right. Well, should we should we review some stuff? That's what you're meant to do. All right. Before we do that, let's just quickly scroll randomly through these. Tears are words the heart can't say. Oh. Okay. How do you feel about that? I think they're probably salt water. Do you want the hashtag? 
Right, no. There's some urine in there as well, isn't there? Yeah. Hashtag inspirational. Hashtag inspirational. I feel inspired. You feel inspired? Yeah, I feel really in- inspired. What's your problem? This this one's under hashtag life encouragement. All right. And it seems like it's just a cry for help. All right, is it? <laughs> just, just, dear God, I need you more than ever. Please bring peace to my confusion, joy to my sadness, and hope to my heart. That person's probably killed themselves. <laughs> it's too late to help them, but just in case you've got... Well, let's laugh about that they killed themselves, Matt. No, yeah. yeah, that's not what I'm laughing They definitely did. I feel like I made a slightly more passive joke than you're now making, but I like it. I like that this has gone to a dark place or into another one. No. These are good. You're supposed to be reviewing These stuff. These are good, but you're enjoying this. Um, my hobbies include having no time for bullshit. Hashtag wisdom. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that also one of those posts about karma? Yeah. If you want to be strong, learn to enjoy being alone. Hashtag <laughs> being alone. I've got this guy. Yeah. If you press his stomach in, right? Right, you ready for this? His ears come up. He's got little things. And there but, is. But obviously his head wouldn't be able to turn with them there, right? So it's got a whole mechanism under it, so he can turn his head still. I don't like That's that this clever. one's quite... Abs- this is quite presumptuous, this one. Life is short. Smile while you still have teeth. Hashtag smile. That sounds slightly threatening, doesn't it? Do they just assume that people are going to lose all their teeth? Yeah, I think so. I think this is an American website. Yeah. Um, but they have all their teeth replaced with blooming plastic veneers, don't they? Yeah, that's true. Fucking weirdos. Marketing is enthusiasm transferred to the customer. Hashtag student. What? Are you sure this is some Christian capitalist? Yeah, this is definitely a capitalist hellscape. thing. Like, Jesus, why are you? Are you just going to review something? I'm exhausted from trying to be stronger than I feel. Hashtag angry. Oh, oh, oh! Like, some of these seem like they are. Quotes from a suicide. You got to stay off Facebook. I mean, should I start posting these on Facebook every day? Uh, They're not from Facebook. No, these are literally. Look, it's just an app filled with them. Oh god. Yeah, look, it's just these are these. You know, these apps are probably just skimming your account. Oh yeah, definitely, they get my information. That's how my eBay got hacked this week. But anyway, that's besides the point. Note to self: You've got to do this for you. This is for you. This isn't about anybody. Live for you. Honor you. Never lose sight of that. Hashtag motivation. All right, I'm feeling motivated, Ant, so I'm going to start with a review. All right. Uh, I completed Sniper Elite 5. Didn't you review it? No, I haven't reviewed it yet. I thought you just checked, didn't you? Yeah, I hadn't reviewed it. So I'm going to review Sniper Elite 5. I'm also going to talk about how good I am at video games, you cunt. Um, (coughs) For anyone who hasn't played Sniper Elite, it's the bone-crunching action from Avalanche Studios, I'm pretty sure. Is it Avalanche? There's is it Avalanche Studios or Avalanche. Um, there's two different studios called Avalanche. Is there? Yeah. I think it's the same. Uh, it's really easy to confuse them both. I'm going to double check this, but whilst I do that, I'm going to talk about it. So you're in World War Two. You basically no, I'm take. Not. No, don't accuse me of. I'm going through those fucking quotes again. I've got to stop doing that. Right, sorry. I'm doing a great job. I'm getting the information up, all right? Uh, yeah. no, rebellion. Yeah. So rebellion. rebellion. Not even the right friggin' No. So Rebellion have made the Sniper Elite games for the last, like, 15, 20 years almost. Um, they are uh, basic... It, it, the premise tells you everything. Like, No, sorry, the title tells you everything about the premise. You are a sniper. You're in World War Two. You're taking part in various campaigns. You're an elite. 
fruit. Yeah, you're an elite sniper. You're, you're very good at it. Unless you're very bad at it, in which case you can still be a sniper. But anyway, you you um, you go and you take parts in, in took part in various events during World War Two, and it's up to you to take out the German armies and, and you know and fight back and save your fellow sniping team in some missions. And it's just it's it's really basic shooty fun, but it's really fucking good. It's always good and satisfying, and there is something about shooting Nazis. And when you get a really good shot, it goes into an X-ray camera, and the bullet you see the bullet traveling really slowly, and it gets like a nice cinematic, like a panning shot as it flies towards its target. You follow the you follow the, and then it goes in, and and ninety five percent of the time, I'm aiming for the testicles. I don't know why it's so satisfying, but you see those grapes pop, you see them drop to the ground, and you just go, say magnifique. There you go. Look, brilliant, perfect. Chef's kiss, chef's kiss at that at that shot, and and then you're like, "I'm going to shoot someone else in the nuts now." That's discrimination. Though, in Sniper Elite like Four, I think I've spoken about this before, but in Sniper Elite Four, I've been replaying that on the Switch because I've I've been really getting into these games again. But in Sniper Elite Four, you could put the binoculars over a target to tag it, but it would also give you a little bit of intel about that character. And in that game, there was there's a particular mission where I think you're um it's to do with a sub, and you're zooming in. And you've got these two Nazis that are standing on the dock. And you zoom in, and one of them says... Nazis would definitely be subs. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't be doms, would they? No. Um, it's got a little text. I wish they were. It's got a little text that tells you about the people. Mm. And one of them was like... like, um, like, It's like, James has five children. And then below that it says, He's not sure about the Nazi war effort and his allegiance to the Fuhrer. And you're like, Sorry, James, you came in on the wrong day then, didn't you? <laughs> Fly through those testicles. Well, he's not going to have any more kids. <laughs> he's not living because <laughs> usually I'm not great at the shooting. <laughs> so usually it's not just those testicles. I also take out a femur sometimes. <laughs> there was one shot I got in this one, in the new one, where I you can you can like set off like noisemakers and stuff, and it draws people in. Well, and a gun, not enough of a noisemaker. No, you you mask the sound. So in uh. the game, like you have like sound masking tools. So like they'll have like broken. Um, there's like loads of generators and stuff, and if you break them and they sort of misfire, then you can use that misfiring sound to cover up your noise. People will investigate what's going on if you do that. Mm. But at the same time, like there are levels because you're in the war and there's lots of like big artillery going off and stuff like that, you can use those to mask. Shout bang really loud. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Like in uh, um Always Sunny, where mm. he's where Frank's playing the laser the laser tag game and they say, It's a lot better when I just make the sounds. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, um, it's really fun. It's really fun. It's on Game Pass. It's on, uh, PS4, Xbox, and, and also PC. I don't think it's on Switch just yet, but they've worked miracles with that engine on Switch. Like some of the games on Switch for that, um, series. Like, like as I was saying, I'm playing Sniper Elite 4. Runs like a dream, and that game's massive. Like the actual maps and stuff. Uh, I think huge. I'll go to Digital Foundry to find out whether it runs like a dream. They did one on the... I bet did, it drops to 27 frames no, they, per second. they did one on the Sniper um, Dead Army, the the side games yeah. that are like the zombie ones. Um, and the most recent one's really fucking cool because you can have up to like 100 zombies just running around on screen and all these effects and Too stuff. Too many. And they've managed to actually get that working on the Switch, running at 30 frames per second, 1080p. Really good. They, they compared it to the PS4 version, which is really impressive for the Switch because obviously it's essentially like an Xbox 360 or a PS3 in a... A little portable device, so but yeah, Sniper Elite 5 on Game Pass. I fucking love it. I'm gonna give it to Tom Atkins because it's just it's that specific kind of game that, that scratches that itch. Um, and it's something that I used to, you know, like Call You're of Duty games to put the games in the console, not supposed to scratch <laughs> yourself with them. Oh, oh, 
<laughs> Humour. Uh, I'm here all week. Try the fish. <laughs> it was just. It was. It used to be like you could play the old Call of Duty when they're a bit more open. You know, like Call of Duty Two. Call of Duty's never been open. It's just been corridors. Well, no, but like endless Duty, corridors. They sometimes Duty... put you in a square field and call back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. look at you! Call of Duty Two back square in the day field, when it was like it. attempting that sort of Medal of Honor thing that happened. So, so bring back Medal of Honor, the first one. Well, not the first the one. The first one, the one on the GameCube. No, on the PS One. You no, Jesus Christ. GameCube. Bring back Rainbow Six on the PS1. It was Rainbow 3. Was it? Yeah, you only had three team members. Yeah, but it's still called Rainbow Six. Yeah, it's not Rainbow Six, is it? Um, but yeah, I fucking love Sniper Elite 5. If you like shooting Nazis in the dick, then it's a great game. Even if you don't like shooting them in the dick, if you like shooting them in the lungs, stomach, head, I mean, I don't know why you'd want to do that. Sometimes it's really nice when you accidentally clip a grenade mm-hmm. and they just explode the fuck up. Nice. It just takes out all their mates. No. Oh. All of them have kids. You check them through the block. Oh, I'd love to see a, play, a game where you only kill the ones that have children. Like, you zoom in on the binoculars, like, he's got kids. <laughs> Just go in and do a little. But yeah, really fun. Do you have the missions where you have to go make sure the kids don't talk or anything? <laughs> you put the pillow over them. Yeah. You put the pillow over their heads. You snipe a pillow over them, you fire a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> on their face the last mission is like just a really really nice little like two minute level where you've just got like the Nazi that's been responsible for the, like the, the campaign in France that you're sort of taking or Italy sorry that you're taking care of and he's just like he's just like oh it's a lovely day to be a Nazi I'm just gonna go to the window he's like you're not German accent <laughs> that's my German accent and as he goes to the window you just you just pick him off or you can wait for him to come out and he's like, he's like I think I go for a drive today and then you just like <laughs> I got him in the nuts mm. <laughs> right in the testes <laughs> so good <laughs> It's not really fire. Tom Atkins, great fucking... Oh, I played it on the Series S. Uh, it's just, and, just violence for violence sake, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I played it on the Series S and... Uh, Why couldn't you try and um, debate the Nazis with reasoned discourse? Yeah, because they would have listened to that, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they would And maybe you could learn something. Maybe I could. Yeah. Maybe I could learn something yeah. about eugenics. Yeah. Um. All right, and before and your review... Getting banned from Twitter. <laughs> what a cunt that guy is. More on that later as well. Um, I'm Kermit the Frog and I can from Twitter. I, I just don't understand why I can't say the things I want to say whilst digging into my supply of benzos. Um, Do we eat loads of meat? Is yeah, he got really sick because he ate sick. a carnivore diet. Yeah. Fucking idiot. Confidence is silent. Insecurities are loud. Hashtag wisdom. All right, your, your review, Ant. My turn. Let's talk about Beast Wars. Been working so hard. Beast Wars. I'm punching my car. So shut up. Right, so IDW Comics. Yeah. Hasbro have decided they're not going to have the Transformers license anymore. Robots in disguise. So this year is the last year IDW's got the Transformers license. They're winding up stuff. But as a result, it means the comic they started late last year, Beast Wars, has had to come to an end early. It's a bit sad. So it's ended. 17 issues. That's all they got through. It's a bit sucky. Because it's a really good series. It was yeah. basically like retreading the plot of the cartoon, but they chucked in a couple of new characters. They twisted stuff around. They started it earlier. So rather than the cartoon started with the shuttles crashing into Earth, you don't really know what's happened. You know, there's been a battle and all this sort of stuff. This started off showing you what was happening beforehand that led up to the events 
and you know the reason why a scientific team of the Autobots was sent after Megatron, who had stolen a golden disc from Temple, an important artifact that they have. The golden disc is one that was um, sent by us on Earth. You know, years ago, we sent a golden disc into space with the records and stuff on it. Oh, yeah, the one that often is used for the reason that... For sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would have come up eventually in this, but it never got a chance to really delve into it, was in the um, Beast Wars cartoon, the Megatron from the 1980s had hidden a message on there for his future self in order to use it to defeat the Autobots once and for all. And so the Megatron in the Beast Wars you know, planned to travel back in time and stop the Autobots when they were comatosed on Earth. But because this comic got sh- cut short, you didn't get any of that. What happened instead was they had all the little episodes that seemed to be building towards that. And it was a good fun time. And every now and again, they'd chuck in a character who was never in the cartoon. Like they had um, Razor Beast turn up in one episode. He was a great Warthog character. He was a little fun Warthog toy that was yeah. around. The Japanese toy of him was called Randy. Yeah. And he's notorious for just a bit crumbling because he's entirely made of gold plastic. Oh, no. Um, but the American one was red, so they, they fixed that. Oh, okay. But that was good. But he gets killed after like one issue. It's like a major sore point for one of the characters. But you don't get to explore much because it got cut short. It's a bit rubbish. But um, they basically ended up planning, revealing the Vok, who are this alien race who are watching the Autobots and the Maximals and Predacons, seeing what they're doing. Yeah. They're basically studying them because they've been using Earth as like a Petri dish to test stuff. To breed life and, you know, experiment on and things like that. Like a toilet. Yeah, you don't know it's Earth, obviously. It is Earth, obviously, because you turn into Earth animals. No, well, I mean, you also know that because there's no other life on any other planets yet for... But there's, what? It's Transformers of it. I don't know. They're life. But, um, yeah, so they, they basically rush this thing through and they led up to, like... The Autobots, the Maximals and Predacons having to work together. They're given a couple of days to make plans. The Vok want to give them a chance, see what they can do, see if they can beat their army and all this. They thought it'd be fun because they see themselves as gods who can't be defeated. And the Maximals and Predacons, um, they do defeat them because of course they do. But, um, you know, it's just just been a really fun comic. It's light-hearted. It's a bit silly at times. It's got a sort of quirky, sort of very angular art style. Um, and I can't remember the name of the artist. I don't have my iPad with me, so I can't check it. Um, might be Ed Perry. Is it Ed Perry? I don't know. But um, really good. Perry? Ed Perry. Oh. I think it's him. I can't remember. But anyway, it's been really fun. Like He's you know redesigned all the characters, giving them like a different look that stays true to the original designs, but makes them a bit silly and fun. And what are you looking at? Stop looking at stuff. I don't want to look at that. What? <laughs> Stop there's, looking at these things. There's a section that's it's called... Christian propaganda. There's a section that's called mum-to-be, but the actual quote is, I'm in love with a child I haven't even met yet. I feel like I'm in trouble just saying that. Yeah. I'm Why would you post that? Cut that. It's unrecorded. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Beast Wars comic. 17 issues. You could read it in no time. Each is, They weren't particularly long comics either, which is a bit of a shame. Each one was only like about 20 pages. For each one, there was a bit of like padding either side because they have like behind the scenes extra artwork and all this sort of stuff at the end of them. But it's the first one of the um, IDW comics current running that have ended before the end of the year. Well, I guess because it's first uh, last in first out, isn't it? No, just ending it. They got to, they got to focus on the other ones. They got Fate of Cybertron that's just released, I think, which is the finale to the ongoing storyline. Yeah. And there's a four-issue mini-series called Last Bot Standing that's running. 
Battle which World. I've read the first two issues of. Third one's out in a few weeks. Um, but that's got together like all the guys who are most well known for the Transformers, like Nick Roshan, all this yeah. to come together and do this finale comic. Um, but it's you know it's no good guts, times, no glory. It's good time, but yeah, I thought it was neat. They said they had they put thing at the end of the issue where they talked about um, plans they had for later, which would have been stuff like the Tripedicus Council that you see at the start, which is the um, the elephant, bird, and lion I've got over there. Yeah. Um, you can't see he's in front of Devastator, they're sort of behind some figures. Oh yeah. Um but they're they're supposed to be um old old school original Transformers who had their forms shrunk down to animal modes and all that years ago. There's there's a whole backstory of Beast Wars, there's a lot to it. But um yeah, they were gonna be brought in and then there was gonna be like, you know, further stories introducing characters that they didn't have a chance to play around with. They managed to quickly fit Inferno in there, who was missing from the start of the from the story. Yeah. Um, but they managed. It's good though because they managed to keep the characters feeling like the old characters they always did. You know, they got enough little moments with them. They, but you can tell when you get to about issue twelve that they're having to rush towards an ending. So it doesn't feel like they're saying goodbye. It feels like they're sort of rushing towards an they ending. Got, they got to finish it. It's a bit. It's a bit sad, but you know, it's over now. Can't help it. Apparently, Skybound's getting the Transformers license. Oh really? Which um, you know, they're the guys who did um, like Invincible and all that, aren't they? I don't know. I would say I expect that means they're going to end up making Transformers sort of all violent and miserable. But IDW kind of did that for quite a few years. They've been a bit lighter the last couple of years. Because um, yeah, the, the ones I've been reading, the more that meets the eye and all that, get really kind of gruesome. Mm. I mean, it's all robot stuff, but you know, still gruesome. It's robot parts being ripped apart. Yeah, but no, Beast Wars. So yeah, it's fun. There's going to be a second volume of the collected issues coming out. They've released the first one like months ago. And I think they're just doing the second and third, or the second one's going to be the rest of it. I think maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happens with IDW stuff. Like when they lose the license, are they will they not be able to sell the comics on the store anymore? Will no, they, they still be available? To sell the comics. Yeah, yeah. Mm. they don't just disappear. I hope so, especially the physical ones because they'd be nice to get. It's quite good because some people I've been following on Twitter for years got to do covers for the oh, comics really? the last few months. Yeah, they've sort of grabbed hold of all the people who've always been saying, "Oh, I want to do comic covers." Like um, Gav Spence, the guy who does that Transformer reviews done quick channel, did um, did a cover for Beast Wars a oh. few issues ago, and a guy called James Marsh, who's been around on Twitter for years doing Transformers art, has done. Um, no, he did the Beast Wars one. Gav Spence did one for Last Spot Standing. It's always over, it's over now. Sad. They left it with like a little possibility that they could continue later. Mm. So if Skybound decide, hey, why don't you just carry on this comic? I suppose they could. They don't have to... They, you know, there's no harm in doing it. No. They could call it Beast Wars Neo or Beast Wars Second, which is what the Japanese <gasps> Beast cartoons Wars were called. Returns. Yeah. But, um, but they did, yeah, they left it with the possibility of carrying on. Yeah. Because it's not over. They don't get off the planet. Megatron's been sent somewhere else. Stuff's going on. But it's that's... It's still sad, it. though. It's lame. Hasbro lame. Yeah, they are. yeah Hasbro. Anyway, you blow my dick. You review something. Um, yeah, I watched a thing. I watched uh, Umbrella Academy series three. Can't you just pace yourself with these shows? No. So I watched Umbrella Academy series three. I actually watched it through twice um, because I was waiting for Stranger Things to finish, and also I wanted to I wanted to rewatch certain bits of it anyway. So I just thought I'd watch through it again. You didn't understand the ending. Look, I'll spoil it. Those are the names of the people who made the show. 
What? Hmm. One second. I've just got to quickly make a note of that. Well, the, pe- the names at the end yeah, of the people. I'll make a note of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, being alone will never cause as much loneliness as the wrong relationship. Hashtag loneliness. Huh. Um, so, yeah, Umbrella Academy Series 3. So, it's a really interesting season because, obviously, it picks up following um, following Elliot Page's coming out um, and transitioning, um, which a lot of people questioned how was that going to be done. Um, Elliot actually even came out and said that he was happy to complete to continue playing um, to continue playing the same character. Hmm. Um, it's real simple. You have the character go, yo, trans now. Yeah, that's essentially what they do. <laughs> that's what Sometimes passed in between and things have changed. Yeah, that's that's essentially what they do. Um, it's a bit it's a bit disappointing because um, all the characters and their scenes scenes with Elliot are fantastic. They all just acknowledge it. In fact, there's there's one character in particular who um, who wants to make a big deal of it. He's like, oh, maybe we should do like we should throw a party or like you know do something for them. And then they're talking to another character who's just like, why are you being fucking weird about this, dude? Just, you know, that's who they are now. And that's great. Um, yeah. And just all in all, just... But did anyone think to ask Jordan Peterson what No, they felt? didn't, know, Or no. whether or not he found Elliot attractive. Didn't ask any of those questions. That, no. that 60-year-old man, that no one asked him those questions because he's addicted to benzos and a cunt. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So, um, the, actual, the actual story itself, it, they've come forward in time. They found out that the Sparrow Academy now exists because all the tampering they did in the 70s and meeting their father had meant that he was conflicted about, about getting those, those particular children and, and, and essentially buying them for the Umbrella Academy. So instead he picked seven other children and started the Sparrow Academy. Now the Umbrella Academy come back to find that this has happened and much of their... Oh, they got replaced? Yeah, they basically got replaced because oh. they were an interference with the timeline. Um, so now they're, they're in, um, they're back in the normal, back in the present day, uh, living in a hotel and just dealing with the trials and tribulations of time travelers who are now, um, having to both deal with the repercussions of what they did back in the, back in the past, but then also deal with the repercussions of affecting their own timeline and how that happens, whilst also dealing with another world ending event, which they've caused. They've got a lot to deal with. They do indeed. Um, and, and it's a spectacular series. One of the nice, one of the nice things about it is that the actual world ending event throughout the series is expanding and contracting. So it like keeps doing these waves that annihilate thousands of people each time mm-hmm. and they're slowly eroding reality around them. And by the last episode, they're having, there's a wedding episode and they go outside and they view like the world around them. And it's literally just a crumbling section of like this New York, like sort of Manhattan area. And they're just like, I guess the world's ending. Sweet. Like just dealing with it. Yeah. Like they all, they accept each other as like these two separate families who are entwined through their actions. And whilst the, whilst the father figure doesn't really know them as the, as the children that he, he bought initially, He's come to accept them as an alternative timeline family that he has to treat with some level of dignity, but in in you know in actual practice, he's just a mean prick who actively plays against them in some some parts of the series. Uh, but yeah, really really good, um, really strong visuals. Again, this series just looks better than anything else that's on fucking Netflix. In some instances, even better than Stranger Things, and that's like their cash cow. Does it look um, better than that um, um, Jurassic World? Camp Cretaceous. That series isn't that bad. 
What People take the piss, but that's Fast and the Furious. I haven't watched it, but I've heard that's all right. Oh, what yeah, one's I, really bad? Uh, what's that superhero f- film with Melissa McCarthy that's and right. Olivia Spencer, Octavia Spencer? Oh yeah, yeah, no. yeah. That was bad. Yeah. That looked terrible. Um, well, well, the people rag on all the fucking time. There's like a bunch of shit that looks bad on Netflix. Just, anything, yeah. People hate on it. But, but in reality, this in in this series, it looks fucking great. It looks spectacular. It's very well realized. It's based on a comic, so it's already based on a visual medium. But yeah, that is that is the premise: is they are just trying to stop the end of the world whilst also live their lives because they're they're actually back in like their time. They're back in their home or as close to their home as they can get to after all the time. The one with the before. chimpanzee guy in it. Yeah, this yeah. is that one. He's he's back in the series because he actually dies in the first season. Yeah. So he's back in this series. Um, and in this one, he was in the same role as before, but because the father figure is like more stern and that was like a level of um, friendship, the ape was basically just fired. And he's gone to go, like he's gone on to become a biker and a tattoo artist. <laughs> So when they see him, he's wearing like a little leather vest and he's tattooing someone. And he's got all these like, oh, that's rings cute. and stuff. Does he have a cigarette in his mouth? Yeah, it does at one point. Yeah. Oh, that's it's, cute. it's very cool. No, it's a very interesting, very interesting idea. And the way that they play it, they what's nice about this series is that like every character, once they find out something or they find a challenge or something changes or there's some there's something that they're not used to. Instead of them going like going and being afraid, they just like sort of use it as a point of information. So just like, oh, we now know this. We now know that. We've worked this out. We've worked that out. And it's just, it's very interesting to see a, a program where like, where like, if they find something out, or if they find something's changed, they roll with it and then they move on to the next thing. Like, that's not a challenge. The challenge is the world's ending. That's not a challenge. The challenge is that we've got these villainous versions of ourselves. That you are. say they take their time. They don't take their time. Oh. No. Like, everything moves along. But you've got to roll with it. You've got to you take, take your time. time. You've, you've got, got to say, say what you say. Yeah. Don't let anyone get in your way. In other words, that rhyme with yeah. with that. Yeah. You gotta... Yeah, anyway. But, you um, get a roll with it. Yeah. Um, but it's... it's yeah, I really fucking like the series. It's not perfect. Again, like the... Whilst the dialogue and the scenes involving other characters with Elliot Page's transition are, are fantastic, they all play really well with each other and they just... Very natural feeling interactions... The actual director seems to linger on a lot of like shots where it's just, it's just like, look at them now. And it's like, no, that's the opposite of what you're telling us to do in the series. But then you're lingering on these shots where you're like, you gotta fill time. Yeah. Probably. Sometimes you just hold a shot. Yeah, probably. You gotta hit that 45 minute mark. Yeah. But Vanguard is goes- another one of those shows that does like random episode times. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. They're all over the place, but they don't—they don't outstay their way. Welcome, it's not like two hours per. Episode. Why is it all these shows where they're like, "Oh, it's great when we're on streaming because you know we have the time to tell the stories we want to tell." How come none of them tell short stories? Why are they always longer? No, no. The um, the last episode of this series is really fucking good though. There's, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm just going to say that they introduced like a they introduced like a haunted house concept in the last episode, and they have like a, a thing that they have to accomplish. And the way they do it is like you have to do X Y Z to get to this point, and um, and then once you've done that, something happens that's going to save the world essentially. Yeah. And they just—it's the exact same setting, the exact same sets themselves, just redressed slightly. <coughs> and it's then going about trying to solve this mystery, and then they're like, "And this is your enemy in these environments," and it's fucking great. It's really well played. Um, Klaus is a highlight again. He always is. The fish from American Dad. 
No, me, you son of a bitch. No, um, it's Rob, Rob Sheenan plays Klaus. He's the guy who, in the first series, he was like basically like a medium. He could speak to spirits. Oh. And then in he's the... He's big CGI man. The big CGI man? And the big bulky CGI no, guy. No, he's just like, that's a practical suit. Is it? He just no. wears a rubber suit. He looks he's like, like a, an ape He looks man. like the thing from um, um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, Gentleman. that's kind of the point. Like, basically, oh. that's um, that's Luther. And Luther is... Um, what, some, the detective? No. That's Luther, who basically was in an accident when they were fighting crime because they all disbanded in the first series. And he got decapitated. Oh, and so the oh. the dad figure basically had just uh, this this body from like a a frozen like science like science experiment, which was essentially an ape he found in space. And he goes, "This will do." Chops off Luffy's head and puts it on the ape, and then Luffy's stuck with this horrendous space monkey body. And uh, he's he's his power before was super strength, so he's still got like some semblance of super strength because that's a very strong body. But at the same time, he's like a monstrous giant man. Uh, but yeah, that's a practical suit. Like that's the character wears a practical suit, which is really cool because it's like if you were to do that with CGI, it would just look weird. It's uh, it's a lot better. It's also, probably budget budget wise, it's probably a lot cheaper just to put him in padded clothing and have him wearing like gloves. So it's smart. Move. No, the cheapest thing is to kill the couch or five like in the first episode. Would that be cheaper? Yeah, yeah, kill the character off. Oh, but yeah, Robert Sheehan. Um, one of the things that's really funny about this is that in... Do you remember the program that he was like sort of the breakout star for was Misfits? I have no idea who he is. Misfits. He was the... Do you watch Misfits? Did you not? Well, I watched every season. Why do I watch a show about chavs? All right. Jeez. Mr. Fucking... What the fuck is wrong with you? Mr. Fucking chavs. No, it was good. In, in that, his power... I don't watch a they... show where a bunch of people go around asking everyone, they got a pound, you got a pound. That's not the program. That's what chavs do. Um... But yeah, so basically, he uh, in that he his his power that he randomly got was the ability to clump of dust. He was he was if he died, he would just come back to life. He would just he would just re re um, reincarnate. Oh. No, not reincarnate. That's the wrong word. Yeah, it's reincarnation. Super reincarnation. That's the name of the spell. No, 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 no. What yeah, is this? I'm playing disguise. Oh, okay. But yeah, he just basically he just comes back. Um, and he can't be killed. Come back at level one, but you inherit your stats that you had before. Yeah, I guess. Um, and that so, works. and so, um, they reveal in this that, that that's basically his power again. Mm. And I was like, that's a bit typecasting for some reason. Mm. <laughs> is Rob Sheen, is he actually immortal? He might be. Uh, but yeah. They found out when they accidentally killed him on set. One of the, one of the fun things in when, this one is when, there's, um, there's a training montage of him and his father figure. The, John Landis directed an episode. <laughs> They keep putting him in a helicopter. Um, I bumped into him once. Yeah, I know you did. Yeah. Um, but basically, there's an episode where he has a training sequence. where his helicopter didn't bump into him. No, no. He made sure to avoid that somehow, but those two kids didn't. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the episodes is a training has a training montage, where his training is that he just gets repeatedly hit by cars and to see how quickly he can, re- he can regenerate and come back. And, like, it's literally just him, like, going like that in the middle of the road at the end of it, like Groundhog Day. But it's just so funny that they've got a scene where they just, they can't just go, hey, look, if we keep killing you, you'll eventually come back quicker and quicker. You only need to have two scenes from that. You have it, like, the the, the old Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi um, transition where there's a clock spinning and time's ticking past. And then he gets hit by a car again. And then suddenly he's back a couple of seconds later and you click you the do watch. A, do a Meet Joe Black on him. They do. Oh. They completely recreate that scene. Yeah. That's one of the funniest things. It's the first time he gets hit by a car. They recreate the Meet, meet Joe Black. Obviously, with better CGI this time around. No, but it does bounce off the two CGI. cars and everything. It's really oh. funny. 
Um, but yeah, really, really strong series. Um, it's fucking great. If you're a transphobe or if you're a homophobe, you're not going to like it because it's got gay people and trans people in it. Sucks to be you, you can't. You only have to have a person wearing a trans t-shirt buying tampons now. I've discovered they also don't like black and white people kissing. Oh, weird. Weird that, isn't it? Weird, weird. those are connected. Weird. weird those are connected. Weird. Weird. Nazi weird. turf cunts. Anyway, uh, yeah, Tom Atkins. I fucking loved it. It's not perfect. It's still got that same issue where it is, it is written by... Well, it's based on an idea written by that the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. And the Jared comics, Leto. Yeah, and the comics are a little bit disjointed in the narrative, but that's part of the, the that's part of the allure of it. That is part of the storytelling. Because he's a bad writer. No, 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 no. That's part of the storytelling. Because he forgets where he's at. <laughs> Maybe uh, that's part of the storytelling convention for this series. And like mm. the first season, because it was based almost entirely on that comic, like that felt the most difficult to sort of really get a grip on. Second season was better. This is just fantastic. Really fucking like this. I think it's funny. 30 Seconds to Mars and My Chemical Romance were both sort of around at the same time. Being big, big pop rock acts. As Lost Profits. Why are you connecting no, those three? No, I'm saying those two, right? And one of them's like, you know, the big actor that Hollywood is obsessed with pushing probably because he has dirt on the studios or some shit. I don't know. Lord knows why they keep pushing Leto. But... Uh, he's the one who has all the money. He's a super famous one, right? Yeah. Do you think if 30 Seconds to Mars announced they were doing a new concert, anyone would give a shit? Like, My Chemical Romance announced they're doing some more concerts, and people went nuts. I saw him. Oh, dear. It was good. Did Gerard Way have the bandages on his head? Uh, He's been doing that recently. I was pretty pretty steaming by the time they actually came on. Because mm. it's like, doors opened at 6 fay. Oh, God. I know. Doors? Well, it was Milton Keynes. So they say Milton doors open. Keynes was it the um, MK1 centre, isn't it? They're doing the MK shopping Doms. Center. They're doing the shopping centre. No, center. it was the MK Doms. Uh, MK Doms place. What film features the MK1 centre? Superman 4. Fuck you. Um, the Darkest Nights produce the brightest stars. Hashtag smile. And your review. That's the opposite of what? Yeah, you know what's really funny? Like, if it's a dark night, there aren't any stars. No, because the dark night's a Batman. Oh, that's true. That's true. Hmm. My stomach's hurting. These are delicious libations. And your review. Yay! I watched Beavis and Butter do the universe. I had, I had a jolly good time with this film. Yeah, it was alright, wasn't it? Um, it basically has the exact same story as Beavis do and Butter America. do America. Yeah. Because there is a whole plot in Beavis and Butter do America that Beavis yeah. and Butter are completely in, uninterested. The, the story... I mean, their story, but the the plot is Beavis and Butter think they're going to get laid, and then they go through a whole bunch of ridiculous scenarios in the attempt to get laid. Well, in that one, they technically get honeypotted. Yeah. In this one, they mention, is this a honeypot? Yeah. <laughs> there is a bit where they get, um, what is it, they get, um, the back of the van turns up, and he's like, why is there some weirdo with a van? And it's like referencing freaking yeah. Bruce Willis and Demi Moore yeah. in Beavis and Butter, the divorce movie they did. Um, but no, um, it was a good fun. So basically, yeah, Beavis and Butthead miraculously, as always, get picked to be part of a NASA mission because someone has incredibly poor judgment. The people around Beavis and Butthead have like continuously terrible judgment. Yeah. Um, and they're supposed to be the smart ones, but it proves that they're not smart because that's the whole thing with this. Is Beavis and Butthead. Like almost none of the characters are smart. They have just different levels of like freaking like um, what's the word for when you can say words good. What's the word? Elocution? Elocu- yeah, articulation. Elocution. Articul- yeah, they're, they're like my elbows. Yeah. <laughs> but 
But that's what it is in Beavis and Bird. Everyone's as dumb as each other. Just yeah. some people speak better than others, so they're perceived as smart. Oh my god, this has one of my favourite scenes of a movie this year. But um, yeah, and they end up going into space and they fuck everything up. Um, <laughs> it's the, they, and they, they, someone's going to have to sacrifice themselves. Destroy the space station, the yeah. international space station. So someone has to sacrifice themselves because they don't have enough air for everyone on board, and they have to head back. <laughs> So the woman's gonna sacrifice herself. She goes, "I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go get changed, get into my spacesuit, and then I'm gonna drift out and be in space, the place I love most." And they they think she's telling them to go and peep on her through a bedroom window while she mm. changes. They jump into the spacesuits way quicker and they just flame by the like, "Hey, hey." They were out here, and then they drop a bracelet that she gave them yeah. to give to her family. So they drift off to it, fighting, of course. Who gets to do it? No, she first. smacks them off. She uses the arm and whacks them off. She's like, ah, screw this. Like, yeah, and then they just float off into a black hole. Yeah, which would have taken a lot longer than a week to get to. Uh, I'm just saying, like, a black hole wouldn't be like anywhere near. I'm just, I'm just questioning the science of Beavis and Butthead do the universe. But anyway, they end up in 2022. Beavis, I think that's a black hole. Yeah. It's your black hole. <laughs> you know, that's your mum's... I'm about to enter your mum's hole. But, um, yeah, they end up in 2022, and they realise the woman who was on the space mission is now a senator, yeah. so they think they have to go find her. They still think that they're following the trail of getting... Getting laid. Getting laid, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the running gag of the future Beavis and Butthead with a smart Beavis and Butthead who are still... Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a time-travelling entity... But they're from another like, universe. They're not yeah. a time traveler. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. Yes, but they're um. The got to get right, man. The science is very important to Beavis and Butthead. Do the I universe. I have a massive schlong. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they keep trying to make it so they can go through a portal. First, they put the portal on Everest. Give them two days to get there. And then they're like, okay, the portal's behind the. Air. And they're like, the portal's just through this door. Yeah. Just go through the door. All right. Turns out anything can go through there. We could just chuck a brick in there, and it would have been fine. But um, no, it, it's just a lot of fun. It's like oh, it's fun. not a classic like Do America is. Do no, America Do America is, is, and also the animation in Do America is a lot better than this. This is fine, but this is like more on par with what they seem to be doing with the new series of Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, it's got that modern digital animation feel to it, whereas the original feels like it's. I mean, it is. It's watercolor paints and stuff like that. Oh, that fucking that section where they've got the white zombie video. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and they're doing the mushrooms. That was done by different people. That sequence oh, really? it was animated by another group. I can't remember who it was, but it, um, yeah, it was animated by a different team of people. Um, just to make sure it stands out and stuff. Also, the other thing is the soundtrack for this one just isn't as good. There isn't much in the way of songs on no. it. It's, it's a little bit, but because you had like you had Red Hot Chili Peppers covering Love Roller Coaster. Yeah, I've got the I've got the single of LL Cool J's um, oh, really? Ain't Nobody. Yeah. Um, on on CD somewhere. Um, I don't have the soundtrack for the album film though. It did make me really want to go back and watch some more Beavis and Butthead. It's a shame you can't watch Beavis and Butthead in its proper form, though. There's you can. There's people online that like yeah. done remasters of it. And, like, yeah, but the original, all the video skits are missing from any official releases. You can't. Yeah, but you don't watch the official releases for this sort of thing. Beavis and Butthead is like one of those things because um, it's sadly it's one of those things that people have tried to um, censor it. But it's so much a product of its time that, like, I don't think anyone could watch it and go, I need to take this seriously. No, no, Beavis and Butthead's amazing. I used to watch that when he was on, man. Friggin'. Yeah, so did I. Used to be on at, like, 1am on BB on Channel 4, like, when I was a kid. Used to be on MTV, MTV, and then MTV 2 had the remake. I never watched the newer one they did, like, 10 years ago or whatever. It wasn't great. Like, that was the problem. 
no, Beavis and Butter did the miracle. It's it's one joke played out a lot, and yeah, what's it's that? Beavis and Butter did the universe. You mean? Did the universe? Yeah, but um, no, it's just a good good time. I did like that when they go into the future. It's not loads of here's this character you recognise, but now it's friggin' Oh my god! Um, Thirty years later, I didn't the, see any of that. The weird tourists that are trying to get him to take a picture, oh, yeah, yeah. and he's like, "This show sucks." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, you can pay for stuff for that." <laughs> they just keep ordering nachos. Yeah, and they go, they're just shitting and eating nachos. Yeah, yeah. You get nachos. What want nachos? Yeah, Beavis. I fucking I love that ending. The yeah. ending alone is worth watching. The rest of the film with Beavis. Like it's the joke has always been that Beavis is like actually semi intelligent, mm. and like he has this emotional speech, and then it's just all completely thrown he's away. He's the closest by to having some sort of emotional depth, yeah. Like, but you don't realize he's, he doesn't. Know. His little his little speech to Siri, where he's like, "I don't mind if I have to go second. <laughs> I actually like it's so sweet and heartfelt." And then, and then Siri dies oh. <laughs> officially in this film. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. I've seen some people online saying the bit where they get taught about white privilege is them taking the mick out of the idea of white privilege, but it's not. No. It's that's, like, that's actually them exercising white privilege at the same time as actually, you know, it's them recognising it and just doing what white people normally do yeah. without doing... Without saying, that white privilege, we can just take the car, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Take the police car. The police are just standing around. <laughs> like, do you not hear? We've got white privilege, asshole. <laughs> just drive off in the car. Yeah, it's good. No, it's really, really good. And then in the end, I like when there's the people in the class trying to explain white privilege, and the black girl's about to start saying, and the white guy next to her, and they just interrupt. Her yeah, and stuff. fucking. <laughs> it's like I love the encapsulated fact in one moment. It's a, it's a white woman giving the class as well. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking great. It's so funny. Then that did do the universe solid stuff. Unfortunately, you have to. If you want to watch it legally, you have to get Paramount. Yeah, you have to get Paramount Plus. Um, they charged me for that the other day because you only get a week free trial. And mm. uh, I was just like, "What the fuck is six ninety nine? Paramount Plus, by the way, not good. No, it's not. Um, good. Like they, it doesn't, it doesn't have a continue watching thing. So if you're watching a TV show, you have to remember what episodes you're up to, which is fine when some shows are like seven, eight episodes long, not too hard to keep track of. But if a show's like Deep Space Nine or something, and it's like twenty odd episodes a series. That's a bit tricky, especially because it has no indication of what episodes you've watched, and there's no option to see what episodes you've watched anywhere. So it's all just like a mess. Like <laughs> Every streaming site has a continue watching thing. Disney Plus is still telling me to continue watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer after I clicked on it and saw it was those terrible remasters. Oh, yes, bad. Enough. And just off. <laughs> but um, Which Netflix got rid of, by the way. Netflix had the remasters, and they got rid of them after everyone complained about them, didn't they? And they put yeah. the regular versions on, the real versions. <laughs> But um, yeah, Paramount Plus is a bit messy. It's got it's not got much of anything on there. The Star Trek Director's Edition of Motion Picture isn't yeah. on there. That no. came out in May. I think that of all the streaming services that have come out in the last like five years, the only one that's come out and has been like pretty good has been Disney Plus. Off the bat, yeah. yeah. Especially once they added stars, it's like yeah, it's like near enough perfection. Yeah. And also, they're chucking stuff on there that would never have gotten released over here. Shit yeah. like that fresh film. Like, They've got a bunch of like um, Asian TV series and stuff yeah, like that. Don't yeah. you realize like. Netflix is doing a lot of that. Like they're doing a lot of Asian. Like they got that one about um, the man who's pregnant. It's basically the plot to Junior, but not funny. Oh, um, 
But it's well, like they, a they common like, rider actor in the league. They have role. loads of like Korean TV shows and stuff on there. They're actually mm. quite good. Like that's I'm trying to find the next Squid Game, isn't it? As much as like, well, no, I watched. They've got the cartoon based on Singham. Do they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I um, I, I reviewed it. Child. I reviewed it for the show, and it's and it's like at times it's really fucking stupid, but I I did enjoy the zombie detective show. All the premise is is that a guy gets killed, becomes a zombie, and then has to solve his murder, but it ends up being like way more about like all this other shit and he's just like basically just taking someone else's identity because he found their jacket and like it's really good like there's a scene in which he he has a training montage because obviously zombies like traditionally they walk really slow he's like a Romero zombie Hmm. so there's a training montage where he just goes and steals someone's house like they've just gone for like a holiday and he's just in their house on their treadmill learning to run and walk and, and act like a normal person again and then he finds a makeup brand that works for his skin and he's away. <laughs> he's just like, I got something. just shuffled fun. everywhere. Yeah. Zombie cop. Um, but he's like the least competent person in the program. Like, there's people around him that are really good. And he just like basically has a rivalry of another detective agency. All this other shit. But really, really good. And no one watched it. Um, not. Such a fucking shame. Because um, University Regarded is one of the worst TV shows ever made. What? That show, whatever show it was. Oh, Zombie it? Detective. Zombie Detective. Yeah, it's not Is bad. it actually just called Zombie Detective? Yeah. Jesus. It's really good. I watched it. I watched it because it was just. It was one detective. of those. Detective. The name's right there. Oh no! You want to call him Undetected? I bet. Hailed <laughs> it. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. I'm not sure of you. We was about uh, to do the universe. Good. Bye. To my children, never make fun of having to teach. Help me with computer stuff. I taught you how to use a spoon. Hashtag helping. Spoons are fucking easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You taught me how to clear my cookies. You taught, you taught me, me how to eat cookies. Sp- I'll teach you how to clear your fucking cookies. And stop. Clicking on phishing links, you dumb cunts. How many times? Control Alt Delete. Go to the. No, it's thing. Control Shift. Control Shift Delete. That's control Alt Shift. Yeah. And then cookies. Make sure to change the time period from one hour to all time. Yeah. And then record. Like, just put this on repeat for your elderly parents. And every time they ask you why they can't log in, ask them if they've done it. And if they haven't, play the play the loop. Play the loop. Or just play this episode. Get to this can't point. you delete them for me? No, no, no! I fucking can't. Because you know how. I know that guy called you up and said he could get onto your computer to get rid of the viruses. He can't. It's not, he's not doing that. We can't do that unless you let him. Anyway, our fears reveal what we care about the most. Hashtag hurt. Anyway, so uh, this episode about positive affirmations. I am gonna quickly. Just rattle off some shit that I watched randomly. One thing. Just some random shit that I watched. No, one thing. Watched a bunch of random shit. One thing. Stop trying to waste... I just want to get it all out of the way. Yeah, but I don't care about that. I've got to put what? titles and say what things are what. And Oh, my God. All right, one sec. Let me just quickly... Why can't... You can't stay focused. No, I can't. I have ADHD. You've got fucking... What, a, um, a dirty, hairy dick? Get it washed, mate. Well done. Well done. Well done. Uh, uh, I do like how this thing pops out, the little collar thing pops out when no, I press the button. It's pretty fun. They should make it so it activates when you put the head in. That would have been really cool. Because his head's a little man. His head turns into a little man. Yeah, that is very cool. Sharp kid! Oh, it's going to cry now, is it? Oh, um, so I watched like I watched a bunch of stuff. Most of it not great. Um, but one thing that I watched that was surprisingly sweet 
and Heartfelt was Fire Island on Disney. Is that about that? Um, the gay island. The um, Super Gay Island. No, the... Oh, the, Firefest. Yeah. No, not oh. got Ja Rule in it. No. It was a, I think he's a homophobe, so it probably wouldn't have Ja Rule in it. Um, Fire he Island... great tension. Yeah, that's true. Conflict. <laughs> he's like a villain. Yeah. He's the island's preacher. Yeah. He's like, I may be preaching on Gay Island, but I'm going to convert some of these guys if I stop fucking in the pews. In season two, they go to Whore Island. Whore Island? Yeah. He gets he gets transferred over there because there's like a boy fucking little like, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, he's, he's fucking kids. Because they like to do he that, religious people. Can't say that about Ja Rule. Ja Rule might be fucking kids. I don't know. Ja Rule, do you fuck kids? Right into the show. I'm just saying, he could fuck kids. He's got enough money. He went to a random island with his friend who is in prison now. It's the, it's, you know, it is the classic boy meets Epstein. Epstein helps him fuck kids story. Um, anyway. So I watch Fire Island. Um, a film, bunch of gay fellas who go to an island. Um, turns out it's the last time they're going to be able to visit because the person whose house they usually crash in, she's selling the property because she's in some financial hardships. So, uh, so it's their last trip there and they're going to have the greatest time they can possibly have. And Fire Island, for anyone who doesn't know, I didn't know. I always thought that it was just like a, like a, a place where people go to resort. It is, it is like, it is like a gay mecca sort of thing. So a lot of. Like Brighton. Yeah, yeah, to a lesser degree. Nicer weather in in this place, this Fire Island place. Brighton is always sunny. It's always sunny in Brighton, yeah. Delphia. <laughs> anyway. Not always the sunniest home. Like Brighton's home does seem, yeah, home does seem to be sunny. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it's um, it was just a really sweet story. Like the characters we follow, one of them is the hopeless romantic. He's looking for someone that he can actually settle down with, and he thinks he's found someone. But then it turns out. They may not be the person they appear to be. One of them is completely against relationships and just wants to have fun and meet people and doesn't think he'll ever be um, ever be in a monogamous... A monogamous. Oh, that's the person who would spread COVID the most. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to be in a relationship. They don't think that that's for them. And then the uh, two other characters that are with them are just going out and having fun, having sex with people and sort of like... There is, there is, um, there is one character who falls foul of someone who may or may not um, ask for consent and may not be a good guy, um, and they have that conversation. That is that is obviously something that something that um, you don't really think about in the gay community uh, because you know that does happen. People have issues with consent. People don't always ask in the ways that you'd expect them to. And it was weird to see that tackled in a in a film because again, we don't get a lot of films that are specifically about the point of view of a bunch of homosexuals just on a holiday looking for romance. It Often should in between us too. Okay. Are you telling uh, me the lads aren't gay in that? <laughs> so Neil's gay. But it's it's He's it, at least bi. It's genuinely one of those things that I was watching it and it just felt like a rom com. Like it and it should. It should just feel like a rom com. It was produced by someone who obviously just went, This is a rom com, this is what we're making. And it was just nice to see. And it was a really sweet ending. Really, really cute way to finish it off. Um no I mean this isn't gonna be a spoiler because it is a rom com, so it still falls for those same tropes, but but essentially, the guy who who doesn't want a relationship ends up meeting someone that he can see like the, himself. The tropes that have, like in films such as My Super Ex Girlfriend. Yeah, like they specifically or, have they specifically mention what they're doing is a trope. Ed Norton's a priest. Ed Norton's a priest. Yeah, it's a, it's a love triangle one with Ed Norton as a priest. Oh, um, Temptation, isn't it, or something? Nah, something nah, like Temptation. I think it, I can't remember. Ben Stiller's in it. 
possibly. Ben Stiller, Gwyneth Paltrow, and, and yeah. Ed Norton. Yeah. yeah. And it is something Temptation, but I can't remember yeah. what it's called. I don't know romantic comedies. No. But yeah, it's the last a- one I watched was or is Blue is the Warmest Colour. <laughs> is that comedy? <laughs> yeah, that is comedy. Um, but yeah, just a really sweet film. And, and like I said, just like really good performances all around. The guy who plays like, there is one character who's like, who's like a bit too serious and he's all po-faced and he's like, I don't know why you come here and all this other stuff. And like, he is one of the romantic leads. He is like one of the romantic interests. And once they do sort of start interacting and they start getting put in those, those situations that you find in every rom-com, like dance contests and things like that. Yeah. He opens up a bit and it's just, it's just, like I said, it's very sweet. It's, it's nice that there's movies about a bunch of lads being, shirtless and stuff around each other not directed by David Dakota it's I, the way that I've explained it to people is that I don't want to watch a film that's about me I don't want to watch a film that's from my perspective because what do I gain from that I don't want to see a story yet you watch the Santa Claus alright just because <laughs> same last name get over yourself uh, but no I, I I want to watch films that are from different perspectives I want to know what other people experience especially situations that I'm not going to ever experience well, the main guy's called Joel Booster Hot. Booster's a great surname. <laughs> Hot. But yeah, I like Margaret like, Cho's in it. I like Margaret Cho. She's fun. Yeah, she's she's good in it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, really solid film. Really solid film with a lot of very attractive dudes having a great time getting off of each other, you know. Get on it, guys. Good really for, fun. Good for them. Yeah, and like I said, like, it's extraordinary to me that we have never had a film where it's not been, like... Because when you've got a film where there's, like, a lesbian relationship, they sexualise the relationship so much that it's, like, voyeuristic. Um, oh well, it's like voyeuristic, but in this, it's just treated like a romantic relationship, and you can see that difference in films that are like about a like a a, a straight couple and a gay couple. Like whenever it's like a gay couple, it's always treated like the worst offender is always going to be Happy Madison and The Wedding Singer, a film I actually like, but treats a trans character like they're some fucking horrendous monster. And like you know, it just it maybe needs a bit more, not even nuance. Maybe just treat it like it's an everyday occurrence, like it is, and just let it be a story that you tell about these characters. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think a lot Sorry, of people—that's right. I really enjoyed it. I think a lot of people probably would enjoy it. It's not a perfect film. It's still just a rom-com, so it's still, despite the fact that I find this sort of thing revolutionary because it's you know a rom-com that is ostensibly about a point of view that isn't just a straight couple or a lesbian couple and treated overly sexual. It does sound like the title of a like. But Fire Island. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like a porn. No, it sounds like the title of like you know one of those like Straight reality TV, TV oh yeah yeah I know. shows where yeah. you know thirteen boys looking for romance yeah. on Fire Island. Yeah, it flame does, it on, like... flame on. Mm. But yeah, I really enjoyed it, and it like fucking it's really well shot. Just just a nice film. And... You know if this went through like a big studio, what would what would happen to it? The two main like, characters would be straight dudes, and they accidentally book a holiday on a gay resort. Oh yeah, island. like that Cuba Gooding Jr. film. Was there one already? Oh, yeah, God, the one where he's on it. the boat. And so it's got I thought Roger I had Moore a in it. Here to like freaking. Oh, Cuba Moore's. Gooding Jr. Yeah. and Roger Moore's on it, and it's, they're on a cruise. Roger That's, Moore's definitely a bit more. Yeah. By than he's a bit more, more, more. How do you like it, Roger? 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 Some say he's bilingual. I say he's by a lot of things, and lingual ain't <laughs> one of them. <laughs> well done, well done. But yeah, um, maybe laugh a lot as well. This film. There's a lot of really good jokes in there. Um, but yeah, it, it's like, um, I would give it a, uh, I can't remember her name, Kate Blanchett. It's not perfect, you know. Like well, Kate Blanchett's perfect, you take that. She makes back. some shit films. No, she doesn't. Um, Ocean's 8, 
pretty bad. Ocean's Eight's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Kids, fucking yeah, it's all right. No, like Kate Blanchett, like she's made some mistakes in her career. She's not perfect, not like Tom Hankins. So uh, yeah, I give it Kate Blanchett. It's a fun time. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, maybe laugh a few times. There's a really good dance scene in it. I mean, I haven't met Kate Blanchett, so I can't compare her and Tom Atkins yeah. fairly. Yeah, nice way to rub that in. That's a good, good yeah. twist that around. There's a yeah, there's a great dance scene where they go to a club because like a lot of the clubs are open during the day, so they go to this place where they're like they're like come with me, we'll just go and sit and we're sitting here and we'll have a quiet chat. And they open the door and there's a drag queen having a dance competition on a stage with like a bunch of people and there's like a lot oh, of big audience. I don't know. Um, and, uh, and they're like sitting in the back and they're like, they're like talking and then he goes, do you ever have fun? He goes like, I mean, I, I, I can, I can have fun. And like the drag queen's like, Oh honey, come up on the stage. She's like hard cut to them playing Mario Kart. <laughs> but like, he gets dragged up on stage and he starts, starts dancing and he's doing that thing that old people do where they sort of like, they have their arms too close to their hips. And they just mm. shake their shoulders and their hips a little bit. And then he starts doing a bit of the running man. <laughs> and you just hear the drag queen MC on the on the mic. Just goes, are you sure you're gay? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just this, this doing the running. And it's so awkward. It's really... It's the a- trick is, if someone's not dancing properly, you shoot guns, bullets yeah. at their feet. The feet. And they don't they're hop. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Fire Island, I recommend it. Like, if you're looking for a rom-com, you've seen everything else, it's... Or you're looking for a rom-com, like I said, just from a different perspective. I fucking love the idea that, like, we're now getting films that are of different perspectives. Like, fucking life's too bland when you just see the same thing. I want to see different Like shit. when Kevin Branagh directs a film and he uses a Dutch angle. <sighs> yeah. That's a different perspective. Well, no, it's still the camera's perspective, mate. Oh. Yeah. Well, this is the first film shot outside the camera. Yeah. Yeah. VR. <laughs> the camera just perfectly It's shot in VR shot. by John Favreau. Yeah. It's one of those 360. They insert the gay guys. It's one of those 360 gimbals. There's always like one part at the bottom of the screen where someone's hand is half. Do you remember? Do you remember the video of the guy awkwardly walking down the road and he starts like going sideways and stuff? It's like the CGI thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just hundreds of those, and it's just them filming it and then overdubbing it with gay people talking. Just every gay stereotype that they can. I love art house cinema. Yeah. <laughs> Your review, Ant. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you review it. <laughs> Isn't it sad when you get hurt so much, you can finally say, I'm used to it. Hashtag hurt. I hurt myself today to see if I still bleed. Someone said if you took um, Never Gonna Give You Up yeah. and changed all the lyrics to negative connotations, it sounds like a Nine Inch Nails song. I will give you up. I will let you down. I will turn around and desert you. <laughs> I will make you cry. I will say goodbye. I will run I will around tell a lie yeah. and hurt you. Yeah, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna give fuck you, you like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Spider Man. Wait, what? Spider Man. What? Spider Man. The Spider Man. Yeah, as it would translate to. Um, I watched Spider Man. Spider Man. Oh, the guy who shot the Kennedy assassination. Yes. The Toei... Spider-Man. <laughs> the Toei Super Spider-Man series. Back in the late... In the mid to late 70s, right? Yeah. Toei had done two series. They were unconnected, although they did have a crossover thing, but they were two separate shows, right? One called Himitsu Sentai Go Ranger and another one called Jaka Denge Gitai, right? Go Ranger was a big hit. Ran for 80 episodes, something like that, right? Jaka, less of a hit. Ran yeah. for 35, got cancelled. So they were like... What are we going to do? 
So they teamed up with Marvel in <gasps> the late 70s to license guy. characters. Yeah. And they heard about this guy who could crawl up walls. The Spider-Man guy. And they made a show based on Spider-Man, right? Which would change the course, effectively directly lead to Power Rangers, right? Because they took Spider-Man, they gave him a new Japanese storyline, they had some intergalactic intrigue into it. Konnichiwa! Secret agencies, things like that. A giant friggin' robot, his own car. People go, why would Spider-Man need a car? Look, not everywhere's got high-rise buildings you can swing off of, yeah? Have you ever played Ultimate Spider-Man when you get to the suburbs? It's shit. Absolute shit. Ultimate Spider-Man's a good game, though. We've got it in stock at work. Have you? PS2 version. How much is it? 12 quid of things. Ugh! But anyway, so... This show was a massive success. Yeah. Which led to Super Sentai because they decided to bring back the Sentai format. And it sounds the same. But they Spider-Man, teamed... Spider-Man, Sentai Man. Yeah, but they teamed up with Marvel again and Super... the first Sentai series back from that was originally going to be like an Avengers thing. <gasps> but instead they just did worldwide characters. Kanichiwa! But they had a Miss America. Hulk. And there's um, Battle Kenya who's like Black Panther. Kanichiwa! But anyway, <laughs> Spider-Man. So this tells the proper Spider-Man origins. You know the origins you're all aware of? Yeah. Where um, hundreds of years ago, there's... No, hundreds of years ago, there was a battle on a planet called Planet Spider where Professor Monster wiped out everyone. No. Professor Monster wiped out everyone there and he chased the last remaining person called Garia and he landed on Earth in the, like, Japanese feudal periods. Peter Parker's parents were spies. And he trapped Garia in a cave. Yeah. Gary lives for hundreds of years, so does Professor Monster. Professor Monster's biding his time till he can get the strength up to... Joe Biden? To... No. Let's go Brandon! I'm trying to tell you the story of Spider-Man. Oh, sorry. sorry. That everyone knows. Yeah, sorry. He's planning to take over the world with the help of his lovely assistant, Amazonas. Right. And we join in the story in the modern day of 1977, I think, or 70... Yeah, I think 77. Anyway. A young guy called Takuya... He's a motocross rider. He likes riding motorbikes. He's got a bike that has like a spider symbol thing on the front of it, which is convenient mm. for the plot. Yeah. Um, his dad is a professor. He's a scientist. Oh. Just science. Oh. General science. Okay. He gets killed by an evil organisation called the Iron Cross Army. <gasps> no! And Takuya, as he's trying to escape them, ends up falling into a pit. Is Takuya Ranger? No. And in the pit is where he meets Garia. And Garia's on the verge of death. But luckily, Gary had taken some of his blood, put it in a wrist device that he puts on Takuya. It injects his blood into Takuya and gives him the power of planet spider aliens. The ability to climb up walls. There's a costume that he can fire webs from, so he can swing. Yeah. Um, he's got super strength. He's aren't got a they, spider sense. But they're just really thick webs. Okay. <laughs> really thick webs. If I eat too much starch, I get thick webs. But then Takuya takes it upon himself as Spider-Man to take down Professor Monster fight his monsters called Machine Bems. I don't know what the BEM stands for. I think it's Bioengineered Mechanoid. Um, but his plan is to take down <coughs> Takuya, not just to get revenge for his father, but to get revenge for Garia. And to save the world. Because the weird thing, isn't it weird how Western media doesn't looks down on revenge, but all worldwide media thinks revenge is the coolest shit ever? Revenge is the greatest form of entertainment. Yeah. If I could get revenge on someone I didn't like when I was a kid by simply showing them up on the... beating them to death, let's say. Hmm. Make a great TV show. I'd call it... Every week. Taken. Up the bum. <laughs> so, Spider-Man... <laughs> this is the saucy episode, this is, isn't it? Anyway, Spider-Man's going to fight the monsters he makes. 
He's going to foil... Them. No, Professor Monster oh. makes. Professor Monster makes the monsters. So it's not like the Incredible Hulk where he puts his blood in a juice and kills Stanley. He didn't kill Stanley. He just ended up in a hospital. He killed him. No. He died. Stan, Stanley's still... still he, was, he's, he was still alive at that point. Uh. Oh. But anyway. So, yeah, Spider-Man is... You know the usual format. Monsters causing tr- trouble. Iron Cross Army's up to no good. They've got some plans. Sometimes there's, like, kids involved because... You know, get involved in kids' adventures and stuff. Um, there's a detective agency of kids and stuff like that. It's all fun times. Every week, something wacky's happening. Spider-Man gets involved. No one knows Spider to cure Spider-Man because he's got to keep his secret in case everyone else gets in trouble. Of course. Um, what's great about this is the amount of times um, Takuya has to make himself look like an absolute fool and a worthless piece of shit, and like make himself look like a coward in order to hide his identity. Yeah, as Spider-Man, because there's a running thing through the series that Amazoness has realised Takuya is Spider-Man, and every time she goes to expose it, Takuya does the bare minimum to get away with it to prove that he's not Spider-Man. It's like, oh, he wouldn't be Spider-Man if he got beaten up that easily. Right. And Professor Monster is just like, you idiot, Amazonas. He's clearly not Spider-Man. I was, I was expecting you to be like, to be like, he does that thing, like he goes, does Spider-Man have the ability to remove his thumb? No. And they're like, oh my god, he doesn't. He gets thrown into a river in one episode oh. and then just like pretends he's dead so that then like Professor Monster's like, oh, he's definitely not Spider-Man. Look, there's Spider-Man over there. He's soaking wet. <laughs> like, dripping um, wet. It's a great fun time. This is very much a 1970s show. There's like yeah. next to no plot for the whole series. There's a cut. Like the only running plot for the whole series is the reminder every now and again that of what his goal was. Um, Amazonas, they're like three episodes where she tries to expose Takuya as being Spider-Man, which is the thing that leads to Professor Monster's downfall in the end. Um, his obsession with Spider-Man. Well, she, she gets a bit pissed off. Good on her. I like, I like, I like Amazonas. She's rad. Yeah. Um, she just turned into like a Sailor Moon character for half the series. She has red hair for a while and a white dress. I didn't like that. No. I liked it when she was wearing black. It was cooler and black hair. Yeah, of course it was. Um, she has a secret identity as um, Takuya's girlfriend's boss at the newspaper. The newspapers gradually drop, but the girl still goes around doing photography and whatnot. She's basically got Peter Parker's photography thing going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her boss disappears. And everyone's like, where did she go? Oh, there's the woman who looks just like her, who's now like a yoga instructor or some shit. Because Amazonas is the master of disguise. Usually it just involves a suit and glasses. <laughs> but it's enough to fool most people, it seems. Um, but no, there's some amazing stuff in this episode. There's one episode where um, there's a dog called Ricky. And he gets separated, and from and the dad, his dad's like a scientist, and the Iron Cross Army wants some info from him and stuff. And he jumps in. Ricky, Ricky the dog, jumps in the way of a bullet. That gets shot at the at his dad, and knocks him off the edge of a dam. And you see Ricky the dog, like bizarrely stiff, just with his legs all out, all four, <laughs> just falling off the dam into a river. Are you telling me they've got a dog puppet? Yeah, they've got a dog puppet. <laughs> Right off the dam, you see it fall into the river, and then little kids looking for him going, Ricky, where are you, Ricky? And you see Ricky, he's like hobbling in the water and he can't get up, and he manages to get the strength to get up, and then eventually he's getting his walking back. Oh, it's like homeward bound. He's been shot, but he's still he's still got the energy and he gets back to the his, his his you know, his the kid. And then he and Spider Man and the Professor have been tied up and they're gonna be blowed up by the Iron Cross army. Amazonas is like, Haha, we got you now, Spider Man going to blow you up and then the dog turns up and kicks all their ass and then free Spider-Man and the professor just the dog's ass kicker little ass kicker Ricky Ricky's the toughest thing known to mankind 
Um, and then he brings Spider-Man to Q's glasses. <laughs> that he left at the beach when he changed into his Spider-Man costume. Oh, I think costume. you told me about this the other day. You're like, yeah. yeah, he just brings back his glasses. And Spider-Man's like, what the fuck? I'm going to have to kill this dog or some shit, aren't I? Um, yeah, it's great, it's great stuff. There's one episode as a kid, he's getting bullied and Spider-Man... Spider-Man beats a living shit out of the kid. <laughs> Spider-Man like, teaches him how to climb trees. The kid's unwell. He hasn't yeah. got much strength. So Spider-Man helps him climb trees and stuff like that. And it's like a real good... That's a proper Spider-Man thing. Yeah. Spends time with the kid in the park and teaches him how to, you know, have a bit of strength and stand up for himself and all this stuff. Um, yeah, it's, good, it's just it's good wholesome wholesome fun. Yeah, um, you know, and the people die all the time. Loads of I think at least three kids get orphaned in the course of the series. Um, although a couple of episodes from the end, one kid's dad dies, and then Spider Man's got some magic juice from the villain. This is a villain who was going to resurrect monsters, and he uses it to resurrect the kid's dad. Aww. Although I think if that stuff was meant to resurrect monsters, maybe his dad will turn into a monster. Like Casper. Yeah, the friendly ghost. Yeah, do you remember Casper the Casper movie? Van Bill, Poom- Bill Pullman? Yeah, everyone saw Casper. He goes down, the, goes down the elevator shaft and dies. And at the end, Devon Sauer goes, I'll give you life again. And then brings him back to life. Oh. Dan Aykroyd goes, I can't deal with you. Call someone else. He wouldn't even shave his moustache off no, for that. No, he wouldn't. He said, so you can call someone else. <laughs> I am afraid of these ghosts. Um, halfway through the series, the show seems to have lost the robot suit for his robot marveller, a leopardon. Yeah. The the robot's leopard-based, not spider-based. Well, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Because that's um, the natural enemy of the spider. But he loses... They, they clearly lose the suit because it, every single monster battle turns into either the jet mode shooting at him and the monster blowing up. Or Spider-Man, or the robot throwing his sword. The sword doesn't even clash. It doesn't even hit the enemy with a sword. He just throws it up. Oh, shit. Um, How many Roman Cokes you had? I was waving my arm around. But he throws the sword, blows up the monster. And that's like all the fights. Even even the final battle against Professor Monster, when Professor Monster makes himself into a giant. Um, yeah, he f- turns up in the ship, shoots shoots little wild, transforms into Leopard, and throws the sword, fights over. 30 yeah. seconds. Doesn't waste any time. Don't want to waste. Do you remember when he was in Into the Spider Verse? Yeah, in the comic. Yeah, when they bring him from another dimension. Yeah, and he's goes Marvela. Yeah, change yes, Leopardon. Uh, and then, uh, then uh, the um, RF Spider Man goes. Does anyone else have a giant robot? Because I'd be real handy right now. Yeah, yeah. You might be in the news. Um, into the Spider Verse. I've heard that. I've yeah. had, I have heard that. I would like yeah. to see seventies Spider Man from the American series in the new yeah. Spider Verse. This is better than that. Have him the same age. Yeah, he would be. I used to watch that American one. They they cut and they t- they cut a load of episodes into movies and released oh, did it. They? Yeah, there's He's... one where he gets cloned. Yeah, I, I it was good. It was good stuff. Um, but no, this Spider-Man show is just a lot of fun. I like Amazona. She's my queen now. Yeah, yeah. I'll cool. turn evil for her because um, I'm afraid of the consequences. But the um, the way the last episode has almost nothing to do with Spider-Man is amazing, which mm. is typical of a lot of seventies Toku, where the villain's downfall is their own evil. Yeah. Um, earlier on in the series, a few episodes earlier, they resurrected these two dead nuns they found who turned out to be secret killers from another planet. Um, normal stuff. Two women. Feels like they come out of a like I don't know some seventies exploitation film or something. But they're they're cool. They're like Amazon fighter women. One does use bows and uses a bow and arrow. The other one uses a machine gun. Um, one of them gets replaced of a different actor without them mentioning it. Like it's just just they just change the actor. Um. Probably because she couldn't speak any English or Japanese. Yeah. Um, but what happens is Professor Monster has a plan to launch a rocket, fly around the Earth, dropping hydrogen bombs on every cl- on every country to wipe them out. But his rocket, he has this like little cart. 
yeah. that is going to ride in to ride ride up in the rocket. Yeah. The cart's only got three seats. And Amazonas is like, well, who's staying behind? And Professor Monster's like... The person who asked the question. You, because you haven't defeated Spider-Man no, yet. No, it's the person who asked the question. Yeah. It's always the person who asked the question. So Amazonas, this is the last episode. Spider-Man has nothing to do with this. The guy who plays Spider-Man, Takuya, he's in two scenes. Like, <laughs> she she goes to Takuya's house hits him a bunch with a riding crop, because she has a riding crop, because it's the 70s, and that was a thing people had in the 70s. Yeah. Um, she smacks the queue about, yeah. and then later on she confronts Spider-Man. Spider-Man starts getting dizzy, and she's like, ha, you are Takuya, because I poisoned my riding crop and hit you with it when he was Takuya. You know, because he couldn't turn Spider-Man in front of the rest of his family. No, you just say, you just say, I'm allergic to poison. Yeah, but he... No, but like even being close to it, it's like peanuts. No, because she hit him with it, yeah, I know, and but poisoned if, him. If he's allergic to so just when being Spider-Man, in the vicinity... Sp- yeah, but is she going to give him his EpiPen? Yeah, no. Oh. But um, Spider-Man like goes, oh, shit. But, um, then she realises Professor Monster... Rubens from Buffy the Vampire yeah. the film. But she realises <gasps> Professor Monster was never going to let her on the spaceship. No, of course he wasn't. So she kicks their asses, gets shot with sexist. an arrow, gets shot with a machine gun, still gets on the rocket, flies it into the air and blows it up. Dies. Fuck you, Professor Monster. Well, she doesn't die because we don't know because there wasn't a second series. She's just like... Wah. Yeah, <laughs> into the atmosphere. Fuck you! And it blows up and then Spider-Man kicks everyone's ass and Professor Good Monster man. gets big and Spider-Man kills him. Yeah. Make um, my monster And then he's grow. like, Dad, I got revenge for you. And then the episode ends. And then Freddy Krueger's hand yeah. comes the out act, the ground the and grabs Jason's mask. Yeah. The actor who in two scenes in the last episode. Aww. Amazing. <laughs> Good on him. Yeah. The finale to the show. There's no build-up to it as well. It just happens. The finale just starts. Like, it's the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Toku shows usually have like an arc for the final part, you know, like a multi episode yeah, story. Yeah, something. Yeah, it just ends. It ends. Good on him. The last episode is just the end. I guess it was like one of the prototypes for that sort of thing. Mm. But it's Ugh. a real good time. It's yeah. worth watching. They used to have it on um, Marvel's website years ago when they used to host cartoons and stuff on their website. They did put the Japanese Spider Man show with some very dodgy subtitles. But um, a buddy of mine, known as Bernadelta on the internet, yeah. um, or a mean motor scooter on Twitter, um, resubbed the entire show, translated it fresh oh, translation, sure. got new high res um, release scans of it and stuff like oh, that. And the actual masters. Yeah, well, they had um, there was a I think it was a Blu ray release that was limited release in Japan. And they got a hold oh, of fuck, that's cool. all that. Well done, man. Um, reinstated the scenes that were missing because they cut out the manji symbols. What's, what's his name? Mean Motor Scooter did it. Yeah, or Burned so Delta. You can find it on his website. Um, yeah, you got everything, but it's not. It's online. You get oh, caught by the police. Right, sorry. You can get the subs on his website, but buy legitimate copies of the programs and then watch them. Which users. you can't buy anywhere. You know. Just fucking rip it off, then. Yeah, pirate. Fuck. Yeah, pirate the fuck out. What's yeah. his name again? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he just redid the entire thing. Good on him. Like, yeah. Why not? Good good for them. Yeah. So, but Spider Man, good, good fun time. And it did make me pre order that Marvel Legends figure they're doing. I've said I'm not going to get any action figures that aren't Transformers. I'm not going to start another addiction. Yeah. Um, but they did, they, they announced a Takua, a Takua Spider Man, Toei Spider Man figure. And you bought it. When I was in the middle of watching this show. Yeah. And I'm going to buy it. And if they do a Professor Monster in an Amazonist, I'm buying them as well. I almost bought the, um, I almost pre ordered the Marvel Legends, you know, the Undead Strange figure. Oh, yeah. yeah the I movie. They've got them in, are they out? No, not yet. Because when I went to Smith's, they had a bunch of... I went to Smith's mi- the other day to go thingy. and get one. I saw America Chavez in there. Yeah, they've got Didn't America have a Chavez, on. and they've got the normal Strange, but the Dead Strange is a new one they're doing. Because mm. um, that's where I got... I brought a Predator figure. We went in there. Yeah. It was my it was my um, pigeon's 
second birthday today. You took the pigeon to Smith. No, bought her a, bought her a toy dinosaur. No, oh. because she has a birthday. She gets a birthday present. Bought her a toy dinosaur, and I bought a sound activated bug thing that crawls across the ground for the cats. So when they meow, it starts running across the floor, and they go crazy and run around after. She gets sectors. I bought myself a predator, and I bought T a. So we were all Prince Andrew. I Prince Andrew action figure. Yeah. No, I said I said to T, you can get whatever you want. Just just find something. And have one thing up to five pounds. No, I said you no. Can get, that's six pounds. You, you can can't get, have you that. You can get something, and uh, and of course T finds a twenty-five pound Jurassic World limited edition um, Indominus Rex with awesome jaw action. Oh, is that the one with the big chunky head? Yeah, and it has the jaw. No, it's no, like no, a it's cartoon. Like, it's like a big. One. No, no, no. It's like a big like oh. like because they didn't have the Tyrannosaurus Rex in stock. So she, she, well, they chose that one, and it has like a thing on the back of the head. You press it, and the tongue goes. <laughs> That's awesome. And it was twenty five quid. I like the aliens figures you can get. In yeah, space. like they're, like, they're got cheap, none and of they're them so now. good. They've only got the Queen Alien yeah. in Farnborough. I brought a bunch of them for yeah, um, Kevin as kids. Yeah. That's right. That's where I got my Predator because they're only six pound. The Predator same figures. people do the um, Kong and Godzilla figures that are yeah. around now. And I was gonna get. I was really genuinely interested in getting the Godzilla one, but the mm. head looks so tiny on the. On the I like how they've taken the Kong one and they've just repainted it like five times. Yeah. They did an Arctic one, so they just put some white paint yeah, on it. It's and just got like blue. Like there's one with blue and pink lights in it for the Hong Kong. Yeah, but we bought we bought Owly. Owly's my pigeon. Um, I know that people probably find it find it weird that I've got a pet pigeon. We found her. She had PMV. If you know anything about pigeons, it's a really horrible disease. And then postmenstrual prevention. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, basically, normally they dive in a few months, but she's lived to two years, which is so far the oldest that we've seen on sort of social media side of things. There's not much mm. in the way of vet information for her, but she has a weak heart, bless her, and she recently laid eggs and she's been a bit under the weather. So we had a birthday party for her today. We brought her a cake. Mm. She had like a little Starbucks cake. How are the eggs? Pardon? How are no, the eggs? They're not fertilised, so they're not really technically alive. They're dead. They're just born dead, but it takes them out mm. of them to still produce them. Because we don't have... She's not breeding with anyone. They're not fertilised. Can... You can have them. They're just whites. There's no oh. yolk. Oh. Um, all right. So we've got an like inspirational yolk. quote. As long as you have love in your heart, you'll never be alone. Uh, that was from Charles Manson. Oh. I've moved on to getting ones from uh, famous figures. Oh. I think that people would find uh, helpful. The Charles Manson band album's quite good. Yeah. You listen to it. No? No, it's all right. It's a good folk song. Probably shouldn't have got his minions to murder Sharon Tate and yeah, other that people. Was, that was the bad thing. Yeah. It's a weird lad. Yeah, he's a bit of a cunt, that guy. He was also uh, into eugenics and didn't like black people, so fuck that cunt. Hmm. Anyway, my final review. Yeah. I watched a movie. Did you? I went to a cinemaplex and I watched a movie show. And I saw Scott Derrickson's Reason for Not Making Doctor Strange 2. That's right, it's the Black Phone. Sam Raimi was a better director and Marvel jumped at the chance to hire... No, Scott Derrickson left. Disney and him have both come out publicly. They said he left. Oh, good for them. At the time of it happening. During Pride Month. (laughs) Wait, is Scott Derrickson gay? You just said he'd come out. Oh. And Disney. Oh. I see what you're saying. Don't get... Don't, don't stop it. I've got a friend who's become a right winger. Oh. He was an anti-masker. Oh. And now he yeah, started... Slippery slope. Yeah, now he started reposting shit about the gay agenda and Disney... Just to make pandering. things more colourful. Yeah, Disney pandering because two women kissed him. To be fair, they have yet. got the new Kung Fu Panda, haven't they? Was that on Netflix? Yeah, that's on Netflix. Oh. But yeah, because apparently, apparently having people who, who are gay holding hands or you're kissing... 
or having a trans man help with tampon selections or a dad, which they don't seem so upset about, um, is pandering. It's part of the gay agenda, Ant. People are fucking dumb, aren't they? <laughs> they are just dumb, hateful pieces of shit, aren't they? Like, and it's always like, it's surprising when it's someone you know that you thought was all right. I guess they're just another one of those people. Who's this hater complaining about Wild Rules? I don't care about Collada. No oh, we've got more creatively designed so anyway, characters. The black... None of them have a hat that I can put on other figures. The Black Phone is a film by St- Scott Derrickson. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's it's about um, it's about Ethan Hawke, who is a serial killer called The Grabber. Although, he kills four kids. Is that a serial killer? The Grabber. Yeah, grabber. still serial killer. More that's than... like the kids have come up with a nickname for him basically, and that's become his name. So he's the grabber, and he grabs kids, puts them in a basement with um with a non-working phone, and it's a soundproof basement. And he basically just li- like try like plays tricks on them to try and get them to try to escape and stuff. And then when they try to escape, he punishes them by beating them within an inch of their life. Yeah. If they try too many times, it just kills them. And uh, and one little boy, his sister and him are basically um, being abused by their alcoholic father. The father has turned to alcohol following the suicide um, death of his wife. Um, it sounds fun. The wife, di- the wife killed herself because of voices that told her to do it. So she may have been schizophrenic. She may have had some 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 sort of mental illness that that basically caused her end. Um, and the little girl, the sister. Um, she is having dreams where she is seeing things that are premonitions to what's happened to these other boys um, in the in the street that have been kidnapped by the grabber and and what the grabber yeah and their demise played by Ethan Hawke. Um, and uh, film's not very good, Ant. I thought you loved it. No, I did not like it. Um, you were raving about it. Didn't you? I was not raving. You about said it was as good as friggin' Morbius. No, the greatest film ever made. No, M- it's, malignant. It's as, no. I said it's as camp as Malignant. Malignant's grateful. It's very camp, but it's not. It's not. Um, it's not as good. Like the premise is treated like de facto. This person is a threat. This is this is the problem. He will use you know his his strength in and and his anonymity to like go about and capture these kids without being caught and murder them. But like. The first kid he captures is a six foot tall athlete who, to me, looked like a thirty year old Asian bloke, but was apparently a teenager. One of the funny things is they put him on a bike, you know, like those little dirt bikes. Like, what what do we have here? We had like the Raleigh like mountain bikes when we were kids. Yeah, BMX bikes. Yeah, sure, BMX bikes. Yeah. They put him on one of those, but he looks like so awkward riding it because he's so fucking tall and clearly a man. So I'm seeing a guy with a top hat on, and that just makes me think of uh, yeah, Timothy Chamlet. That's even hot. Um, so, yeah, that photo of Timothy Chamlet is Willy Wonka. Oh, Willy Wonka, yeah. Yeah, that's what he's making me think of. But yeah, so basically that guy that guy somehow captures a six-foot-tall guy using using balloons to trick him. It's all technique. It's all technique. Yeah. Using balloons to trick him. And he does that with like also like a giant rocker dude who like who literally, like in one scene, he's, he's seen beating the shit out of four kids. Like yeah. one of them with a knife. Fuck them kids. Like he's meant to be a kid as well, but he's clearly an a- another adult playing a child. Oh. But like, there's a scene where some kid comes up to him with a knife and he just beats the living fuck out of him and his mates. Like, he just kicks the shit out of these four people, and then like the grabber gets him, and you're like, 
why would this guy ever get into a situation that the only situation we see where he actually successfully grabs someone is he's coming out of his van and he's got these bags full of groceries and he goes and he trips and he drops all the groceries and then the kid fucking idiot the kid who grabs he grabs the kid like is trying to help him pick stuff up and he looks in the back of the guy's van and he sees all these balloons and he goes oh you've got a bunch of black balloons he goes oh yeah yeah, yeah. do you want to see and then Ethan Hawke opens up the van door and all the balloons come out and in the in the madness of the balloons coming out he grabs the kid and gasses him and then chucks him in with the balloons and like if that's his technique how did he get the six foot tall athlete or the he rocker went, What's dude? this? If you get the balloons and suck it in, you get a high pitch voice. Oh, I see what you're saying. He's like, and then he gives him a from, different balloon. He gives him the gas and goes, This is helium. He goes in a different yeah, balloon. High. That's got ah! fucking. What did yeah. you knock people out of chloroform? Yeah, chloroform. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I've never knocked anyone out with gas. That's a very silly. It's a very silly premise. And the. Straight one. The mess, the method of like the method of escape is the more interesting part, but it's very slowly broken up. Like the kid almost immediately gives up and says, oh, "I've been grabbed and going to die." Um, it's only when he starts having conversations. Did they say that out loud? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah like, oh no, I've die. been grabbed and I'm going to die. I'm going to die. That kid's been uh, grabbed and he's going to die. Someone <laughs> do something. Subtext is for cowards, Ant. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right, you subtext. <laughs> They're cowards. No, it's like, and it's interesting, like, so the um, the supernatural device they use is the phone that's disconnected, the one that's down there with him, um, rings. And when it rings, it's one of the children that's died. And they basically give the kid advice as to how far they got to escaping. So one kid, like, dug part of a hole, right? And, like, he's like, you can finish it. You just need to dig the next little way. And the kid's like, okay, that hole's there. And another kid's like, oh, I put a bit of cable. I managed to get a bit of cable. I was trying to use that to break the grate in front of the window, but I didn't manage to do it. And then, like, another kid's like, I found out that you can get through that wall there and get into the get in, get into the um, freezer. And then once you're in the freezer, it, you're up, you're on your own. And like, and like, he gets these little tips. And then the final one is his friend, who was the last person to be grabbed. Um, spoilers for anyone who's interested in seeing it. It's dog shit. Don't see it. Like, wait for it to be on streaming. It's the perfect streaming film. I'll say that. But, yeah. Scott Derrickson is one of the most exciting young directors of our times. How old is he? He's like 45. 45? Yeah, he's, he's directed he directed all the Insidious films and shit. Oh, that explains it. Yeah, yeah. like Sinister. Yeah. It is essentially like very similar size. So the last kid that helps him is his friend. And he goes, that phone, you're going to use that like a weapon. And he goes, I need you to, I need you to be ready to use that like a weapon. And so he oh, basically... He did Hellraiser Inferno. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Scott, what are you doing? I remember me and my mate getting really excited to watch that because it's a new Hellraiser film. We watched it. Me and Paul, actually. Yeah. And um, we watched the, the it. Rubber was mask. Like, was it the rubber mask work that's what put you off? Yeah, the pinhead mask is just, just rubber. Film. And he got his face painted right. It's just stuck around his face. It's not even later. Oh, I did the Exorcism of Emily Rose, though. He did, yeah. And the Daily right. Earth's still remake. Oh, that's bad. Um, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, his mate, he has a final conversation with his mate and has a good chat with his mate. And the mate's like, Right, get that phone, pack it full of dirt. Oh, is it a magic and, phone? Yeah, it's basically oh. like, a, like, it's like, um. So they didn't leave messages? It's like, no, it's like a witch's phone. Like, the phone is like, he's having conversations with these oh. kids. Um, and he's like, pack the phone with dirt as tightly as you can, and then get ready to swing it like a weapon. And just hit him in the fucking head as many times as you can, just do him in. And the kid's like, oh no, each of the steps is leading me to sort of work out how to defeat the grabber. So he, like, the grabber comes down to punish him. He's like, look, I'm fucking done with you. My brother found you down here. He puts an axe in his brother's head. Um, and he goes, oh, I'm done with you. You made me kill my brother. 
now I'm going to fuck you up. And the kid basically uses each of the little things that happened to to get him. So, like, the hole in the ground is, like, now a trap. So when he treads on the thing over the hole, the thing the kid was using to hide it, he's too heavy and he just slips through it. And then the grate that he managed to pull off the window, he's put down there so that when the grabber falls into there, catches his ankle and breaks his fucking leg. And then he's just beating his fucking head in with his phone. And, like... Like, that's good. That's great. Like, it's a nice little, like, these steps have led him to do this. I'll use the cable to make, like, a tripwire and, like, all this shit. Like, he's like... Because the black phone was important to say... The black phone was important. It becomes a weapon. But at the same time, all the tips are, like... the power of phones. He is having supernatural conversations with these guys. That's the interesting thing. He is talking to these dead spirits and they are revealing information to him. Like, one of them broke their bike lock number on the wall so that when he gets to the front door, the grabbers use the bike lock to lock the door to stop the kid getting out. So he's now. And got the grabber the couldn't have possibly changed the. No, he didn't know no. how to because he didn't. The girl didn't scroll the instructions. What if he kidnapped the lock picking lawyer? He would have, fucking, <laughs> he would have done it. In. He would have been like, you just get two pairs. He'd just pick it in just two get, seconds. Just get these and then he'd put spanners. it back together and go, just to show it's not a fluke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the the problem is that um, when he gets to the third kid, and again, this is that rocker kid that beat the shit out of four people. Um, he goes, he goes. There's a hole that you, you could dig a hole. The wall's really thin. You could dig a hole. You go through the freezer, right? Um, and he goes, all you need to do, take the really heavy lid off the toilet and use that to dig the hole. And I was like, fuck that phone. Do you know how heavy those toilet tops are? Like, as soon as he falls down that hole, one swing with that fucking thing will break his They're neck. Heavy. They're super heavy. Have you not tried to lift the, the ones here are like plastic ones. No, I'm talking about the big These porcelain ones in the 70. They're yeah, and they're big and heavy. Fucking... It's like a slab. And he's like using it to like fucking break a hole in the wall. He's Did like he literally using a minute like a No, the killer has an axe. Oh. Puts it in his brother's head. And he pulls it out. He's like, I'm going to kill you. That's a silly storage place. Yeah. Did you really just hang it on a wall? Yeah. Or on like, uh, you get the chalk outlines. Just need to bang a couple of nails in no, the No, like the evil dead. Yeah, the chalk outlines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not a very good film. Real cheesy. A lot of people in the cinema actually were screaming. Like there were points where they like they screamed and stuff. I did jump at one point because, and I'm going to put this down to a sound mix. When the words directed by Scott Derrickson appeared on the screen. <laughs> no, there's um, there's a really weird scene where there's a storm and you hear thunder and you see it and like stuff like that. And then the person goes from outside to inside, but the next bolt of lightning and the thunder that follows, or the other way around? No, it's, it's lightning then thunder. Yeah, um, the light's fast than yeah, sound. Yeah, the light's fast than sound, yeah, sorry. Um, third rum and coke, so, so sometimes this is going to be a bit off. Uh, but yeah, uh, but the sound mixing, it's louder when they're inside, but he reacts to it when it's outside, but not when it's inside. He so put I a think, microphone outside and piped it through the no, speakers. No, I think that they were meant to have the loud one outside oh. and the quiet one inside, but the sound mixer got confused. So he's in the house and he's like, he's like walking through the house and he's just like, <laughs> you're like, oh, fuck it. And I just jumped. I was like, what is this? It was really good. That part. You went, ah, yeah, I ah, like a curl. So many people scared, like le- legitimately scared. Like some people screamed. A couple of people clear, like clapped at the end, and I was like, "What are you clapping for? This is nothing. It's Look, literally nothing." People haven't been to the cinema so much in the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. One, the best part, of the whole some people didn't go see *Malignant*. The best part of the whole film was before the actual film. They showed a trailer for a movie called *Beast*, in which Shalto Coplay punches a lion in the face, and I can't wait. It's a it's in South Africa. Idris Albert, Shalto Copley versus a super lion. Yeah, but I've seen RRR. 
I'm in a, I'm in a friggin'. You're in a lion free zone now. Yeah, I'm in a post friggin' like yeah, post post punching a tiger with a flaming torch wielded like a gauntlet world. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, no, um, black phone. It's not very good. I mean, I, I don't. It's not terrible. This is the problem with these horror films. I don't find the whole spirits they're coming to get us. I don't find that scary. The problem with like spirits is because they're not a physical presence and because there's no rules to the situation. Like even when someone does fight back, like. You, you just feel a bit like, oh, he's lucky he did all, he like, he had all those like other things. Why well, is the phone supernatural? It doesn't actually say. He might have psychic powers like his sister. You don't really find out. Oh, and then at the end. Of all the other kids, did all the other kids it's have really, psychic powers? No, it's just, it's just these two kids that have psychic powers. That's why the mum suicided. But at the end, it's really funny because they're having like a press conference. There's a free police who do fuck all in the whole film. And they're like, we successfully caught the grabber. And I was like... Oh, well done to them. (laughs) I was like, that 13-year-old boy beat the shit out of a 55-year-old man who had murdered four kids and his own brother, and you're taking credit for it. That sounds about right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It's so bad. Why don't we do a horror movie or a press conference? (laughs) That's the ending as well. And this is like... There's, the phone rings. There's a moment where the little girl is The going, phone rings and he picks it up and it's the grabber. And yeah. he goes, I'm coming to get you, whatever your name is. <sighs> I'm a ghost now. Can't stop me. Yeah, I can grab I'm gonna, so I'm many people. I can grab so many people in the ghost world. Um, what Don't do you need f- balloons now. So the reason I brought, uh, brought up... Uh, um, what's his name? Who's that? The horrible guy now. Um, Charlotte Buff. Hmm. At one point the dad says, Your dreams are just your dreams. <laughs> And I thought of that, don't let your dreams be dreams meme from years ago. The bit where Charlotte Booth went nuts and he did the green screen stuff. That was just Charlotte Booth doing an inspirational speech. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, where he was doing that inspirational stuff. He's fine. He had a the hard dad, life. The dad literally turns around and says, just let your dreams be dreams. There's nothing wrong with him. He's, he's a fine lad, Charlotte Booth. He's just got some issues, but you did, would too if you had his dad. Didn't he purposely get an STD and give it to his girlfriend? Look, man, like... Everyone's had copies of Star Trek Discovery at some point. It's you know, Charlie Buff's a bad dude, dude. He's yeah, his dad was abusive. Like, yeah, his dad was abusive, but mm. that's no excuse to be abusive. He was in the movie Holes. Yeah, but that's no excuse to be abusive. Kira Knightley was in a film with Lawrence Fox. Oh God, Kira Knightley's not going around punching people. In? Hole, the hole. They let him be in a movie. Yeah, he was in a movie in like '98. I oh, think it's God. the only movie he's ever been in. Huh. and he is. <clears throat> But what he's a, supposed to be the next James Bond. Who? There's right wingers who think he's going to be the next James Bond. Why would they have him be the next James Bond? What would he punch other than a dart? He, he was complaining that he, he says, by rights, I should have been James Bond by now. Really? Yeah, he thinks he should have been picked to be James Bond. Why? He thinks he's got all the... It's going to be it's going to be Tom Hiddleston, I'm telling you. He's 50 years old. Hmm. Isn't he? Something like that. He's 50 years old, an ex-drug addict so that looks like he's still on crack. Still is. And he punches more darts than Russell Crowe. Like, he literally just smokes and shouts at traffic lights. I don't think James Bond cries and puts swash stickers on his Twitter. So brave. So brave. So, so brave. brave. He's speaking out. He's truly against... the James Bond we need. He's speaking out against those oppressive minorities. Wait. He wants to be the next James Bond, but James Bond's bis- bisexual. Not his James Bond. Oh, not his James Bond. No. So he's going to write it as well. Yeah. He's going to write yeah. And then James Bond punches the snowflakes in the face. Because Q 
cancel culture is the real villain. There'll be not a scene the where nuclear he has weapons to, the Russians have. There'll be a scene where he has to bomb a man. Oh, and right. James, he'll be going, just so you know, I'm not gay. No homo. No homo. Just so you know. Reach thrust. Uh, he's got like the traffic light in the background. He goes, just so you know, I'm against this and I'm against fucking you, but I need those codes in your arsehole. No homo. No homo. With every thrust. I'm Bond. James Bond, played by Lawrence Fox. Hmm. God, that'd be so shit. Wasn't he like someone's sidekick sidekick in a programme? He was in Lewis, wasn't he? I don't know. Because Lewis was the sidekick to Inspector Morse. Oh, okay. And then they did the spin-off series about Lewis after John Four died. Yeah. And he was Lewis's sidekick. Yeah. (laughs) But he didn't get his own show. I remember after like a little while after he started being super turfy or something, there was like something he'd just posted. Someone came into the shop and traded in all their Lewis DVDs. Oh, really? And I was just like, yeah, I can't yeah, stand him. To be <laughs> honest, it's better to get the £2.50 for There's the a David Icke like DVD we've had in stock. Really? Ages, and I keep putting it side on. Someone keeps putting it face on. I don't put that face on. Oh, there's I'm loads sorry. of people that post but, um, David Icke stickers around town, aren't they? Yeah, but um, it's been there for months. Like, no one's buying it. Yeah, because no one wants to watch that shit. It's fucking stupid. The only people that I know that, that actually listen, like, they don't listen to it seriously, but last pod on the left keep listening to his stuff. And it, and they're like, they're like, whenever you read one of these books, they should come with like a little fucking, you know, like a Russian to English translation guy. It should be, should be conspiracy theorist to English because they're full of so much bullshit. You have to like interpret it. Uh, but yeah, they say that that shit's fucking useless. All of it's useless though. Uh, but yeah, like. Should your room. Eat nothing but meat. <laughs> hey, Miss Piggy, come here. I fancy pork tonight. <laughs> hey, you want me to speak at your college? Hey, Fuzzy, smell my fingers. <laughs> it smells me- like pork. I know it does. <laughs> you want me to speak at your college? Just make sure you got a good load of benzos for me whilst I get there. Waka waka. That thing was Kermit the Frog. Someone did a fake recording. Didn't Kermit the Frog and Fuzzy. And he's like, where's Gonzo? He's supposed to be ready for the act right now. And Fuzzy comes out. He says, about Gonzo. He got in the cannon. No one pressing the cannon skid. He's supposed to fight through the cannon, leave a perfectly shaped hole in the shape of Gonzo as he goes through the wall. Yeah, well, he hit. The, he didn't hit the fake wall. He hit the real wall. <laughs> he died. God, he's dead. He's dead. And Kermit's like, "Oh my God, what are we gonna do? It's supposed to be on now. The show's supposed to start." He goes, "Hey, Kermit, what? Waka waka." <laughs> <laughs> All right, classic. The next step. No. Oh. Sorry. What? What? Do you want a different one? No. God. Just all of it. Why? Sorry. There's no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate clothing. So, Ranulph Fiennes. What? He's the guy who climbed a mountain and chopped off his own fingers. Yeah, Ray Fiennes' older brother. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually not a bad one. That's stupid. There is bad weather. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I've got a masterpiece show here. Oh, yeah. I'm one of the first people to do a video on it. Isn't that the guy that suffered from some of the worst weather possible, wearing the right clothes and still lost fingers? Yeah, he lost fingers. And he's saying there's no such thing as His brother bad doesn't weather. believe his name's Ralph. Ranulph. Rafe. Ranulph. His brother. Oh, yeah. Right, you done. If you can buy it, you can sit on it. I'm not going to sit on a cake or anything, man. That's that fucking perverts into that shit, man. Fucking. You done? No matter how bad, how good or bad your life is. That's the wrong way around. No matter how bad or good your life is, wake up each morning and be thankful that you still have one. But if you're dead, you. It doesn't matter. Made have life then, do you? Oh, that's true. Mm. Yeah. Breathe. It's just a bad day. Not a Are bad you going to post these on your Facebook? You're just Hashtag. Gonna... Do they have a moment. button to post them on Facebook for? Some them? of them, yeah. Yeah. What I might do is I might take them and put them all on minions. <laughs> well, you put them out, put them around your room. Yeah, put, put, them put them all on minions. 
Minion. Put minions on them. Yeah, and then see how many uh, how many likes I get on Facebook. Is there a new I minions can, film? Maybe out? I can be as popular as Russell Brand. Oh, I've seen him and Justin Hawkins from. Um, is Justin Hawkins actually doing the right wing thing now? I though? think that they're both just being opinionated middle aged losers, um, aren't they? Yeah, well, Russell Brand used to be a comedian. They just got out of the old thing. The Darkness were a good band. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But uh, I guess that's over now. Why is it drug addicts keep telling us how to live our lives? That could be an inspirational quote. Hmm. Because, I mean, Jordan Peterson, drug addict. Russell Brand, drug addict. Joe Rogan. What nipple drugs are they? <laughs> Have you seen his weird but nipples? He took the cow paste. Horse yeah, he paste. did, yeah. Have you seen his weird nipples? No. All right, I'm going to get Joe Rogan's nipples like over you next review. Oh, sorry. I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give the black phone, I don't know, a Matthew Modine. It's right down the middle. It's not great, but what fucking else have we got in the horror world to watch right now? Malignant. You watch I mean, Malignant again? Something new. Well, Malignant 2 will come out soon. It's definitely happening. Have you really not seen Joe Rogan's nipples? Is Malignant nipples? 2 happening? Who directed Malignant? It was Justin Lin, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Have you really not seen his nipples? No, because I don't tend to go looking for Joe Rogan in general, let alone his nipples. Um, These aren't photoshopped. Look at his weird nipples. He's just got finger nips. He's got, like, real finger nips. Like, his nipples could... Do you think his his unlock thing on his phone is, like, his nipples? They're grim, aren't they? You said they were just finger nips before, but you grimaced just then when you saw that picture. (laughs) It's not Justin Lin who directed Malignant, you liar. No, it's not. It's James Wan. I know, you freaking... Justin Indy's Star Trek Beyond, though. Star Trek Beyond's good. James Wong. I mean, that's real gross, isn't it? What's going on with those nipples? I don't know, man. Just, he used to have normal nipples. Why are you looking up his nipples? Because I want to know what happened to him. It wasn't James Wong. James Wan, not Wong. I'm thinking the guy who did X-Files. Oh, my God. I want to see if Malignant 2's being made. Malignant, Malignant 2, Electric Boogaloo. Malignant... And harder. I'm just gonna put in Joe Rogan's. No, he hasn't made. He hasn't even directed anything since Malignant. Is he not? Well, no. It's only a year. Oh, he did an episode of MacGyver though. Oh, did he? Yeah. The reboot. Did you watch any of that? No. No. Oh, there's one where he needs to make a listening device, so he takes apart the. Um, remember, they're detectives. He takes apart the CD player in his buddy's car yeah. to make a laser pointer like listening device thing. And it's like, why didn't you just pack a listening device? You're a detective. You should have a listening device of some form. You can buy toy ones from Smith's. What are you doing now? I'm just quickly, there's a Reddit page that's uh, under Too Afraid to Ask. And it's, what the fuck up is <laughs> with Joe Rogan's nipples? Apparently it's something to do with steroids. Probably. It's got weird nips. So does um Milyovovich. Does she? Yeah, she's got weird nips. But you shouldn't look up her weird nips. What are you dumb? Are you dumb? What's going on with his nipples? I don't know, man. Can we if anyone knows, Joe Rogan personally, can you find out what's going on with his nips? Are you dumb? Oh, we may have an origin story in Joe Rogan's nipples. Oh, oh no, you continue, mate. Go on. I, I'll, I'll, I'll check this. We'll come back. <sighs> I'll get another inspirational quote. Right, Stranger well. Things Volume 2. <gasps> I watched it. Yeah. You haven't watched it yet. I have. No, you haven't. I have. 
You would have reviewed it by now. I watched it today. Well, yeah. no, because I knew you didn't have anything for your last review. I heard you watching it the other day. So I was Right, like, anyway, so Stranger Things Volume 2. It was four hours yep. for two episodes. Yep. The last episode could have been a lot shorter. Yes, it could. Um, but, you know, you've got to make it feel epic, haven't you? Right, keep in mind in the last episode, all those groups of characters are all acting at the same time for the same goals. Some of them travel great distances yeah. in the same amount of times as other people walk up a flight of stairs. Yep. Um, but anyway, don't worry about that. Um, so the series, it's been fine, the series. Um, Not as good as the third. I figured it was weird that they were building up this Fechner character so much when he's meant to be, you know, when earlier in the series they said, oh, he's the Mind Flayer's sub-boss. But it's not. I'm going to spoil it. Vecna is the Mind Flayer. He created the Mind Flayer. It's all his doing. He's behind it all. He's the big bad. Yeah. Fine. It's, I mean, it's season four. You're retconning, basically, aren't you? Just Yeah. Um, because the Mind Flayer is a big thing, and if you want to have a big villain for a show, you need a face for it. I was, I was a bit confused about this. That's why I said this series should have been the last series, because quite clearly, this is a series finale, show finale plot point. Well, I was a bit confused about this. Because you don't follow things very well. No, because you know when he's been drinking rum and coke too. Yeah, much. I mean I've been drinking rum and cokes, but that's that's not gonna affect that, is it? I've got a weird head wound as well. <laughs> anyway, so um the scene where he goes by the way, I would love a prequel series that just showed him for thirty years travelling around the upside down and becoming that freaky monster. Nah, it'd be boring. You reckon it'd be boring? Yeah, he'd just be walking around and then he'd say, he didn't travel for thirty years. Well he's in there for thirty years. No. Yeah. Because eleven's not thirty years old. No, but I thought that he was... Because it's a weird time fuckery. No. No, okay. Not that long. When do you get that time fucking nonsense Because from? when they go back, it's her bedroom from the beginning of the season. So it's it's Nancy's bedroom from the beginning of the, the series. Sorry, because it's got... Because that's when it was made. Uh, wait. Because he made it, like, a few years ago. When he killed Babs. When he started pulling people into the upside down, like, yeah. thingy... Um, oh, who's the kid? Arthur. Who's the kid? Will. Will. One of the main characters that yeah. I always forget about. Who so gets? Over. He's got a tingle thing that I forgot about. They mentioned it in the last episode. The Peter tingle. Yeah, he's got the Peter, he's got the wheel tingle. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so the last two episodes is basically just it's just ending off what was happening. Um. Uh, you know, Widow Divide has gone to rescue um Hellboy. That's one of the uh, best bits again. They filmed it in a Nazi prison, but yeah. whatever. Winona Ryder's um, part is the Winona Ryder um storyline with her and like the characters and stuff. How do they keep getting the best storylines? Because just because you love Hopper. Hopper's great. He I looks, really like Hopper. Looks fucking sexy. Can he's, we just quickly... he's malnourished? He's fucking he's malnourished. Yeah, because he hasn't been he, eating properly. He's not been getting carbs. He's been but eating, damn, he's he been has getting had carbs. He had maggots. No, look, come on, the protein. That's protein, is it? He's been clearly no. getting protein. He had bread and maggots. There's carbs in bread. When he took his top off, mm. I was like, "Damn, you sexy." They should have like had the scene during that, and it just cuts over to the other side of the room, and the other guy <laughs> is taking his top off as well. Murray, yeah, he's got a little vest on still. Yeah. His vest is little pants. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, sorry. I mean, they're just saying up what they're going to do. They're going to, they're going to lure Vecna out with, yeah. um, Max, and then they're going to, like, when he's in his thing with his tentacles. They're going to kill his physical kill his body. Kill physical body. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. And Eleven goes, oh, I can help them from over here in yeah. Nevada, wherever it is they are, um, by, like, you know, Psychically linking, bouncing off of people she knows, tethering to the people she's yeah. she's aware of. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but for the finale, an event that 
I guess was supposed to be set over the course of a couple of hours, was literally set over the course of a couple of hours. Um, Steve, Nancy and Robin get, get grabbed by some tentacles about an hour into the episode yeah, and then stay there for nearly an hour getting strangled. Which is um, so disappointing. Like 40 minutes. Like, yeah. they clearly... Because those guys... Like, I, I don't want to say this again because I say it every time we review a Stranger Things season, but Steve has evolved into one of the best characters in this series. Hmm. He's a character that's had growth. He's acknowledged that growth. He has taken on new friendships. He's even, like, even in the first series where you he was playing a villain. He was designed to be a villain in the first yeah. series. And you can see, like, as soon as he notices that Nancy's interested in someone else, he's like, that's it, it's done. Yeah. Like, doesn't make any sense for us to grows up. I like that they, um, speaking of people who are villains, they brought back Dak from Montgomery to do, like... A, One scene. A couple of scenes over the course of oh, the series. Yeah, you see him yeah. a couple of times, because when Max goes into it in the earlier part of the series... God, when he, when he actually smashes through the thing and he's reaching out, mm. he's so good. Don't forget Dak from Montgomery's underrated, man. He is really underrated. He was so good in Power Rangers as yeah. well. I still stand by that opening scene. The whole of Power cast Rangers. in Power Rangers is good. Yeah. Like people don't people underrate under underrate that film. I might rewatch that film tonight. But um, freaking yeah, and like he doesn't do much. Dakar Montgomery, he just turns up stuff. He's Australian though, isn't he? So yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't want to encourage him too much. Well, he was in that Broken Hearts Museum. Yeah. That was like a year or two ago, and it had um, the woman from um, what was the program she was in with with um, Steve Buscemi and. Uh, and Daniel Radcliffe. Good Omens? No, not Good Omens. What was the other one? The one where they play American like American Gods? Pardon? American Gods. No, they like... That's the other one. It's like a comedy anthology series, and each series oh. is a different thing. The first one, they're angels. The second one, they're, um, they're medieval peasants and a king. And then the third one, they're in... Blackadder. No, it's like Blackadder, though. It's like an American version of Blackadder. Mm. Really good. It is really, really good. But she was in that with Daiquiri. Montgomery. He's just always very charming. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. But, um... No, it was it was solid. What was going on was good. Eddie Munson's like the hero of the show. Um, he didn't have to die. Was no. the thing I didn't understand. Or has he did? Um, the scene where like him playing Master of Puppets. That was great. Yeah, everyone loved that. I got problems. Yeah, you wanted Ma- it to be a different song. Well, the thing is, Master of Puppets is about controlling someone. Yeah, right. Which is what the Mind Flayer does. Well, I guess. I guess. Even you're going surface level theming, right? <laughs> oh, here comes the coward, the subtext. <laughs> right. That's fine, because they're trying to control Vecna. They're trying to drag him out, control him like a puppet, right? Fine. And it is, yes, it's the song you would find on an I Love the 80s album if it were to include any Metallica song. It would be Master of Puppets. Yeah. But Ride the Lightning, even in a, in a big blue wasteland with lightning bolts flashing down, like the cover of Ride the Lightning... But on a thematic level, it's about someone who constantly embraces living a dangerous lifestyle, who's like always pushing themselves like to ride the lightning, chasing the next thrill, all this sort of stuff. Eddie's a thrill seeker. He likes that. He, you know, he ran away Why from stuff. Why would you not stuff. play shoot to thrill if you're going to say that? Right. But it's about embracing it, even though you know every time you do something, it's dragging you closer to your death. And it's like, this might be the last time I get to thrash out. I'm going to thrash out the most awesome rock song ever, metal song ever. Ride the Lightning is the song you play out of any Metallica song. And it's got the friggin' musicality for it. It's got the... All that sort of stuff. I like... I, I did... like. Here's the problem that I kind of had with the with the whole Eddie and um, Dustin thing. Is that they were they so... Kissed. Well, no, they were so desperate to get Dustin away from Steve because people were obviously like... They're kind of a classic pairing in the series. They're really good together. They have mm. good chemistry, the two actors. 
Um, well, he just wasn't available on the same days as Steve. Maybe because that's how they. That's how Stranger Films things is filmed. Yeah, but it's it, filmed around it, who's it, everyone's schedules. It felt weird that they were trying to create that same connection between the two, didn't it? Yeah, and it didn't really feel earned. Eddie was awesome. Eddie was awesome. Yeah. Like, but I like Dustin's going to have big rocker hair in the next series. Yeah. I like the fact he's got Prince hair in this series. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I was I was a big fan of just like he's got them Jerry curls. I was a big fan of both um, Eddie and Steve having the conversation when they're in the upside down, where they're like that Harrington kid. Like, um, no, sorry, that um, Dustin speaks very highly of you. And he goes, oh, yeah, he's a good kid. And he goes, he's the best. He goes, he is the best. I like Dustin. And he's like, he's like yeah, yeah, like I said, he uh, really speaks fondly of you. And he's like, he's like yeah. He's <laughs> just really cool about it. And then, like, they just carry on. But, yeah, I, I, I did like it. I just, I agree with you. It's overly long. Um, time was all over the fucking joint. They had a few retcons in this series, which makes me think that they maybe weren't done with filming before. I think it's more that they forgot. Yeah, because you know <laughs> they forgot Will's birthday. Yeah, in the first episode, famously, in the first episode of this season, um, Will is painting, and in um, Eleven's Eleven's commentary says, "I don't know what he's painting. Hmm. He won't show me, but maybe he'll show me one day." And then in this, he unrolls the picture. He says, "L told me what to draw," and you're hmm. like, "Wait, what? Well, maybe he's painting something else." But it's green. It's like the you see him painting the yeah. blue and the green. That painting he did was a Terrible. copy of a no, it was a copy of a um, Dungeons and Dragons fate painting, a famous one by the artist who does all those you know the Dungeons and Dragons art that you see, yeah. like the you know the thief in the um, alleyway and all yeah. that sort of stuff and all that. Um, he did this one painting which was a commissioned work, yeah. and I think this might be thematically significant. And they copied this, yeah. so the painting was. Um, it was a guy who was a Dungeons and Dragons leader, and he wanted a painting of his group yeah. fighting a dragon. Like, so he gave them all, gave the artists the pictures of their faces, so he could paint them in and all this sort of stuff. Eventually, years later, the guy got a girl, new girlfriend mm-hmm. and got married, and he wanted her added to it, even though she wasn't part of the Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> group. So the painting got redone yeah. and replaced one of the team members with his girlfriend. And I think that's funny because I want to see Will repaint it and replace someone. Um. But that's just it is clearly a rip off of that painting. Yeah. And that's one thing with these last few episodes. There is a lot of things where they're just like, right, what can we what what film can we reference in this next sequence? Because they clearly dress up like the kids from Red Dawn for the finale. Oh yeah. Um It's it's really odd. There's the John Hughes house a few episodes earlier. Yeah. There's Alien Resurrection? Mm. <laughs> I mean I don't I mean maybe it's just a trope of all the yeah. things being kept in because they're weird like mutated Monsters, yeah. What are they called mind flayers. What are they called? Uh, the demid dogs, demigorgons. They're they're not mutated. They're just like they're like yeah, dead bodies are just in yellow. suspended in the in yeah. the um, formaldehyde. Um, yeah, I did like um, Hopper picking up the sword. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. Having a sword fight. Yeah, I liked that. And I'm pretty sure that's a sword from something else. Yeah, I kept thinking that it was like a Hellboy sword. Well, no, it looks like um. Something from like Willow or freaking Legend or something. It could be Thundercats because yeah. it's got the weird... Well, I saw someone post a photo online saying, oh, when he picked up this, and it's like a perfect PNG high-resolution image of this sword. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you couldn't have got that from the show. Mm. like. So it must be from something else. Must be. Um, there are some really, really nice bits in here. Uh, fucking hell, the fight. Um, Max's boyfriend, what's his name? What's that kid's name? I can never remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I can never remember two of their names. I can remember Will and Dustin. I can't remember the other guy's name. Mike. Is it Mike? No, Mike. No. Mike is Mike is. Yeah, Finn so Wolfhard. Will, Mike, Dustin, and Petey. 
No, it's not good. <laughs> I can never remember his name either. God. Because he just does nothing for most of the shows. Yeah, he's mostly... He's just, always the... He's, he's there to, just going out with Max. Yeah, but his thing in each series is to disagree with Dustin at some point and they have yeah. an argument. And that's all they've done. But in this series, he gets a bit more to do and he's like, he's pretty decent. He's pretty good. Like, that fight with him and uh, the yeah. fucking... I love how they chucked in the um, the guy the getting... panic. Yeah, but the... Um, oh, where he gets melted in half. Yeah. Fuck Just to remind you, he's still in the room. <laughs> fucking hell, that guy gets ruined. Gets completely wrecked by the whole. He deserved hole. it, fucking. He did, yeah, he was a cunt, but... Because he was like a little fashy boy, wasn't he? Yeah. He was like a proper, like, little fucking just waiting for the moment to turn. Yeah, he'd be a freaking um, Ben Shapiro yeah, listener. Yeah. <laughs> he'd be a Daily Wire subscriber. Yeah. But yeah, he was fucking just a psychopath. I can't believe you forgot Lucas's name. Lucas, of yeah. course. Um, but yeah, Lucas gets that fucking insane fight. Hmm. And also it gets the biggest emotional moment in the whole fucking series, and that's where he's holding Max, trying to save her from being flayed by Vecna. I did think it was funny that I um, had to watch, like, friggin' Paul Reiser. Um, Twice. In two things in one night. Um, the Boys and the Boys. in The Boys, yeah. He's great in The Boys. He is really There's good There's a couple boys. of cameos in that. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it, was, it was a fine finale. It's a pretty big, flashy thing. It's set up for the next series. I still find it so funny that, like... Steve is still getting involved in rocking the shit out of the main villain. Like, mm. for all the mind powers and everything else, it still ends up being, being Steve with his baseball bat on Hansi with a shotgun. Mm. I appreciate sure. I appreciate that they had, like, a proper emotional conversation about the fact that, like, it's only been, what, two years since Steve left high school or a year since Steve left high school? And, like, his big relationship with Nancy and how that all blew up and, like, how everything went. It's been longer than that, hasn't it? It's been eight months since the last series in the show. So, two years. So, it's been, like, yeah. two years. Because yeah. he's already left high school in season two, hasn't he? No, he's left high school at the beginning of the last season. At the mm. beginning of this season, sorry. Because they mentioned when he's at no, the basketball game. No, he's already game, working at the um, ice in the mall in the previous yeah, but, series. but they say during the basketball game at the beginning of this one, they say, how does it feel the year after you leave? They win the championship. And he goes, oh, thanks for that. So I think that it's a year. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically, he, he said that it was like a really significant relationship. And it may be the fact it's tied to, the, to his baseball bat fight with a monster from another planet. Which was awesome. I recommend people go back and watch that from season one. It's one of the best moments of the series, with uh, fucking Jonathan being like, and then Steve just coming out of nowhere with a baseball bat. Jonathan's an emotional guy. Ah, He's so shit in this program, this series. You could remove Jonathan completely; it would have been fine. The show struggles to figure out what to do with the characters quite often. Like Will, what what does Will do for the last two series? The thing is that Will is like Will is a big big part to the whole like the feeling that oh, the I can feel the money 11 could do but that. like but he's also sort of like you can see him challenged by the idea of being the new will to L not mm. like in the terms of relationship but mm. as a protector he's failing to do that he's not able to sort of look after in school whereas will would be someone that would speak up if you saw L being picked on will can't do that I think and- in the next series he just needs to kiss Mike Kiss the mic. He's clearly, he's clearly in, he's clearly in an well, love series, triangle. If the next series isn't immediately picking up after this, where like yeah. the upside down is coming in and it's Hawkins versus the actual threat now, because the way that tears open, and yeah, like, they can't ignore it. Is no, it? and the way that people are talking about, it, like they're saying, oh, it's a pit to hell or something like that. It's just run off from that science lab and stuff like that. I like the fact that they still saw that the dismissal. Um, the tendrils have come through and started taking over the buildings and yeah. stuff like that. Hawkins is probably... I mean, they'll probably set it, like, a while later and have it be that the government's come in and closed Hawkins off to everyone and, like, you know, and then they can't hide it for long because people are trying to see what's there. 
Maybe. Everyone says, oh, no, it's a, they'll probably say it's a volcanic fault opened or something. That's why the smoke going up in the air, because you can't hide the smoke. Yeah, I mean, if they said it, if they said it like a year later, and all the people that, like, if everybody's moved back to the area, basically Hopper and, and all the other kids mm. and everything else, they're all still living there, but they're basically, they're there just to try and fight stuff that comes out of there. Or they're being like kid Ghostbusters, like if stuff escapes because the military's failing. What I want in the next series is actual episodes, Yeah, right? And I want the team to all be, to be together. Let them mix up as the I course don't want the series. mystery. I don't. We don't need yeah. another mystery. We know what it is. We know who it is. We know what we yeah. need to do. Let's but have let, episodes. Let the group of people interact with each other differently. Every now, mix up who's in the group. Like have them all do because I guess split up and do their own things every now and again. But have the groups. I reckon mix Jonathan, up. I reckon Jonathan should die straight away. Yeah, but you wouldn't feel anything. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> if Steve died, I would rampage. Be inconsolable. <laughs> I would be inconsolable. I would go back and watch season one from four and there wouldn't be a season five. There should be a bit where they would go up to the edge of the pit with the Vecna thing and Nancy just sort of nudges Jonathan into the pit. <laughs> and holds Steve's hand. I fucking, like, he is a villain at this point, Jonathan. Oh, no, he's just being nice to his brother. He's, well, no, like, like the whole thing is, like, to... he's not. He's, he's, he's doped out his mind most of the time, not helping his mum or Not by the end of the series. He gives up his last reefer to help the... No, but like, but he doesn't. He gives up his friend's one. He takes no, out his friend's it, no, pocket. No, he takes it out of his pocket. No, he takes out his friend's pocket. He takes it out of his pocket. Anyway, so he basically is like a villain in this. He's hiding the fact he's gone into college because he doesn't want to go because he's scared his mum's going to fail. Even though he's not financially helping his mum in any way, shape or form. He's getting high most of the time and just not doing anything, becoming a layabout. And like, what's he doing to protect her? Why is he justifying... Yeah, but he told Will that like he's, he's his best brother he's ever had and stuff, and they... And he'll accept him no matter what because Will's gay. Yeah, Will's definitely gay. Really fucking clear. Yeah. Like, if people have been not suspecting it for a while, there's like practically zero subtext. Yeah. He keeps crying. And he's like pushing away that girl's foot when she's playing playing footsie with him. He's like, no. Stop man's foot. Um, I like big tootsies. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the next series. I always look forward to this shit. And like, as much as like I've got issues with this finale, I'll watch it again. Like, I'll watch the whole series again. You know, I'll do what I always do. I'll bemoan it and then watch it and then be like... Yeah. I think that this series has been the... It's got the strongest single villain, but that may also be a bit of a downfall because when you've got a single villain like I don't this, need him spending 20 minutes in the seventh episode explaining yeah. that he's... We got it. That's I like, the whole of the show. They don't cut things back. So here's, like, things here's what I like, is that Hopper knows how everything works, so he just gets to the task. Mm. And Steve and Nancy and, and Robin... They know what they're doing. Eddie and Dustin know what they're doing. Max and Lucas know what they're doing. The only people I had a problem with was Eleven. Like, in the end, all she did was buy them an extra three minutes and she's meant to be this massive psychic superhero. That's what she does. She holds her hand out at stuff. Yeah, but like, all that group, she redundant. She sucked, sucked it up beforehand. A bit all that quicker. group, just really redundant. Like, the only thing that they did was they served to explain how they can defeat Vecna. Yeah. Which was clever because, like, I like all the other teams, but they just they always have that one redundant team, like and and like I, I said, Finn, let's put eleven in the freezer. Lucas's Lucas's fight in this was incredible. Really cannot stress enough how good that fight is in a series that's about supernatural monsters and has fucking Murray flamethrowing like a group of demogorgons and demodogs, and then Hopper fucking slicing one of their arms off and slicing the head off, and all this action shit going on. <laughs> The fact there's a fight between two teenage guys, which is fucking incredible. And, like, there are moments in that fight where I was like, oh, maybe he's going to convince him and he's going to see her floating and he'll help. And, like, no, he smashes a fucking glass over Lucas's head and they just fucking go to town. And, like, it's proper, like... That's because he wanted to be a black kid up. Yeah. 
But no, it's like properly, really well choreographed fighting as well. Mm. Like they fighting like teenagers, like big swings and punches using all their energy. Not really teenagers would just grab each other, fall to the floor, and like roll around. Oh no, we fucked each other up. But yeah, just that was that was incredible to see. And then, like you said, it was just a bit of a shame that you had like Nancy, Robin, and and Steve taken up by vines. Yeah, doing nothing. Because I thought, like, as soon as I saw Steve like fucking taking him off with the axe. And then Nancy was shooting at him. I was like, oh, okay, there's like a mini boss. Like they need to get mm. past this bit and then they get onto the next. Mm. But then they were like, no. Which made Eddie's sacrifice even more ridiculous because if Eddie had survived, those bats would have died once Hopper and everyone else flamethrowed shit. And then they would have been fine. He didn't ride the bike very far, did he? <laughs> no. No. But um, but still, Eddie was a good character. It's yeah. a shame they had to kill him off. The scene with... um. Dustin when he meets Eddie's uncle and tells him that was quite sweet was, yeah. but it was still a bit weird no, it's really really sad did you like that bit? yeah it was really good yeah was really I, well I like the fact that Dustin went I was with him at the end yeah but I, if I was Dustin in that situation I like the idea of Dustin like being like I'm going to tell you that how he actually died and yeah but you wouldn't believe him you'd think he's taking the piss well no you'd, you'd say to him he died when the earthquake happened but it wasn't like they said it was yeah, but if you told him he, he was fighting be demon da- oh, bats no, but you wouldn't say, in an you wouldn't upside say like down... That. He, you'd say he went out fighting trying to save the town. Instead he goes That's like... That's what he says. No, he says he says he died during the earthquake. He was trying to save us all. And it sounds yeah, so Yeah, he said weird. he keeps fighting till the end, yeah. he said. He yeah, didn't just... run. He said he told him that. But yeah. did you recognise his, his uncle? Yeah, it looked like fucking Jackie O'Haley. At the start I was like, is that Dave Richard Krenner? And I was like, <laughs> wait, Richard Krenner's dead. No. And then I was like, no, it's fucking Enoch from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I knew I recognised him. He had different, because he wasn't doing the same voice as Enoch. Yeah. Because Enoch's got a very distinct pace into his voice. I did, I, no, I did, <coughs> I did like the fact that, that Dustin was brave enough to tell him the truth. Yeah. I like the fact he that gave they, him his pick. Yeah. I like the fact that they are just having those conversations with people now. They're like, this mm. is what's really happening. Like, the Hellfire so. Club's going to have to be like some underground secret club now. Yeah, that's why I think that it's going to be like a Scooby-Doo Ghostbusters style thing. They'll call themselves the Hellfire Club and they'll take yeah. out demons that come out of the portal. Like, I think that a lot of it, you see the people going away and that's setting up, like, there's not going to be anyone left in Hawkins but the people that know about this shit and they're only going to be there to try and fight back Vecna because if they run, he's still going to find them in their dreams. I wonder what song they'll play on the next series. I reckon it'll be Eat It by Weird Al Yankovic. No, I reckon that, I reckon that uh, Max is stuck in the Upside Down. I reckon that's why when Elle went to go and see her in her mind, she's going to find she's her. She's going to have L powers. She'll have something. Yeah. She won't have L powers. I think she'll have something else. She lasers her eyes. She might be able to like bring people that are dead into the upside down. She'll flail her broken. <laughs> no, it'd be really cool if she could, because <clears throat> you get hints that she's she's able to connect with people. Because mm. like, you know, like um, Elle can see Dacry Montgomery, what's his name? Yeah. Yeah, she can see him in the upside down. I think the Upside Down is kind of like a purgatory or it's like a place where those spirits can exist. That's why Vecna is still alive there. Mm. And I think she's going to be able to pull people in and like the end fight, the mind fight on the next series will be in that little place. It'll be, it'll be Max. I think the mind fight will be her standing there with her arm outstretched screaming. I don't think, I don't think Elle's going to be that big a thing in the final fight. I reckon Elle's going to be like, like she'll die or something will happen to her to sideline her. She's going to get Professor X basically. She'll, um, Step in a, off the curb wrong and twist her ankle. Yeah. And we're, oh, don't worry, guys, leave I me reckon, here. I okay, reckon Elle. Hopper might go in the next series because I reckon he'll go protecting Elle while she's incapacitated. And then the other teams will be doing their thing. And it's going to be kind of like a remix of what's happened here, where Vecna will need to be defeated in both planes of existence. At they the should same just time. end it really badly. 
just have them go for dinner in an Italian restaurant and then it just cuts to black. <laughs> but yeah, no, I reckon I reckon it's going to be a case of there'll be three different <clears throat> levels and Vecna's going to be present in all of them. So his body will be outside in Hawkins. His upside down will be like in the tendrils again, but somewhere else, somewhere new. And then he'll be also capturing people because he's going to be powerful enough on all planes. And there are going to be those three different fights. And I reckon Hopper's going to be involved in the physical one. The mind fight's going to be with Max and also Lucas. So Lucas is going to be there, but then she'll be calling on the dead people that have died at the hands of yeah, Will's got thingy. Him. And then Will I will be standing there going, "Oh, there's a." Sc- no, I reckon. I reckon Will be. Will will be back in the upside down. He's going to be facing his demons because he's not been back there since he was trapped in the first um, season. That's seduce Vecna yeah. to distract him. But I reckon. I reckon <laughs> like you get those three stories going in the same time, and you get them having those battles and spread it over ten hours. But no, but make it six hours. And have it well, so the final episode. No, for the the whole series. No, six they won't hours. Do six hours. The whole series. They, <laughs> six hours. But you have you have each of those teams trapped in those different areas, and they like sort of different people travel between those teams. They so, you should know, do like, the whole series, and then the last episode is like a series length episode. Yeah, it's like fifteen hour long episode. Yeah, do that. <laughs> but no, that's what I think they're going to do. Though that's what I think is going to happen. That's what they're sort of leading towards because we've had things in our world. Things in their world, and now we've seen that middle ground, the like the place that's like a plane where other stuff exists. Well, that is the, that is the upside down. No, the upside down is a physical place still. <laughs> yeah, so that, got, that place where it was well, just like floating rocks and shit, that is the upside no, down. No, because you can exist in both, because even though he was in the upside down, he's also in that place. That's a, that's a mind palace. Yeah, it's like a mind palace, but what I'm saying is that's another plane of existence that exists between the two. <laughs> so what I like is, I like the idea that you've got those three battles happening, and they just need to kill Vecna and all three. Like Legends of Tomorrow, the first season with uh, Vandal Savage. In words that you'd understand. When they got the giant teddy bear to fight the demon. The bomb. Oh. It went off across time. Oh, did it? it killed Vandal Savage. It's been a while since I watched Legends of Tomorrow. I didn't watch the new series. No, no, no. That's right. Um, but yeah, I, li- I liked Stranger Things. Again, first class Steve. He's always good. He's always cheering on his Robin now. I like that, that he's like, he's just like cheering her on whenever anything's happening. Oh, I thought you said cheering on his Robin. No. Cheering her on. Yeah. I like the first... The she conversation. got a Molly Ringworld girl. Yeah, the first, the first conversation they have is talking about boobies. And he says, you know who pauses the film at this time? And then the whole series, you're like, you're like, oh, okay. And then she mentions she watched it with a boyfriend and then there's all this and that. And then she goes, I couldn't even get my boyfriend to watch it. She works out she rented it a day after her boyfriend had left. And she's like, oh, she was watching the boobies. She has like a little smile. Oh, she's watching Fast Times at Richmond High. Yeah. Yeah, Phoebe Cates gets her baps out And that film has loads of story. Yeah. I forget, I've watched Fast Times at Richmond High multiple times. It's a great film. You mostly get to just that scene. Well, no, I watched past that. That bit's great because he's imagining that Phoebe Cates is coming to the pool. But he's in the toilet having a wank and then his sister walks in in, on him. Yeah. Um, It's Judge Reithold. Yeah, who's his sister? It's, uh, what's her name, isn't it? Um, From uh, The Big Sick. No, no, some lady. The lady who used to live with the Coen brothers. Sean Penn's in it. Yeah, the guy who beat up Madonna and chained her to a radio. Yeah, but he's Spicoli. <laughs> hey, that's cool. Um, yeah, I, I, Stranger Things season four, great. I really liked it. it I, people, it's so cool to hate this shit now. And The first series is like a really nice, perfect little self-contained thing, though. And it's like... I kind of wanted after the first series that every show would be a different, different story, theme yeah, completely. Like, like some yeah. sort of 80s themed That's thing. fair, but I, I've really, like, I have enjoyed... What if the plot twist is that it's set in the 90s? <laughs> the thing is that... They should have shell suits and they go into the upside down. And <laughs> they, go the the, they go through the flame thing. 
Why didn't they and have more And it sets off fire? and the shell suit just burns and this melts is, onto them. This is something I wanted to say, right? Eddie and Dustin could have had Molotov cocktails. There's no way Robin, with her skinny arms, is going to throw a Molotov cocktail hard enough for it to shatter when it hits a mushy man. No. Like, Although shit does work weird in the upside down, so you could always argue that. But. I mean, it'd blow up if underneath him, but I'm just saying... Steve maybe could throw a bottle hard oh, enough Steve to smash one of such his a good, skull. He yeets that fucking thing, doesn't <laughs> yeah. he? Robin, Robin... That's what she hands it to him and he just goes, I got this. <laughs> yeah, Nancy's got a shotgun. Yeah. I thought they were just going to, like, punt, stab him in the gut, open his mouth, I, shove the shotgun in his head, bang! I was so excited to see, see her shotgun him a few times. Yeah. He goes down to his knees and then Steve axes him in the face. I was so ready to see that. Yeah. But he just uses the axe to cut vines. This is what you use axes for in the wild when you're in the jungle. I really like the uh, the new Russian guy they introduced, not the Yuri. pilot. Oh, the other Yuri, one. The yeah. other one, the, the prison guard. He's going to be stuck in America probably now or something. Stuck in America. I guess he's going Sugar to leave Russia, isn't he? Well, no, he's going to be, he's obviously going to be brought on by the Maybe. the American military to yeah. help with the upside down Secret now. Agents, like sinking Black out, Widow. Yeah. Well, no, but like... He's the only person who has, like, I, I reckon he's going to be working with um, Hopper. Mm. And they're both going to be because they're the only ones who have survived like going into black. the up, down, upside down now, aren't they? Be the men in black, yeah, going around. I'm really looking forward to. It. I, I think where's Hopper been this whole series? Well, you won't believe it, lads. Turns out there's aliens all over you this country. What? Did you watch season three before this one was released? No, again? no. So I rewatched season like ten three. years ago. I watched season three again before this. I watched all the seasons before mm. this season came out. Um, and there's that really sweet letter he writes her. And it's a really clever way of setting up. It's like it's like um, Winona Ryder says, write down what you want to say to her at the beginning of the series, because obviously her and her and Will are getting, uh, her and Mike are getting closer and closer. And he's like, just leave the door open three inches, and then you know, like everything's fine. Just make sure that you're not getting up to any hanky pankies. Like that's what he thinks is a fine three inches. Thing. You know, about the size of the world's largest penis. <laughs> and uh, and and like he that letter gets read to her at the end of the series, and it's a really nice little note. And then. You realise at the end of this season, like the whole thing, they've been completely separated. It's yeah. only been like two, three days in the timeline of what's happened. Yeah. But it's about they... a week. No, it's three days. Because she goes away. She... Yeah, it's about a week. It's about a week. Yeah, it's about a week or so. Yeah. There's a lot of travelling going on. And then the last part of the episode, the last half hour set two days after everything else happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's about a week. Because, I mean, Vecna didn't kill three people in one night. No, he didn't. There were multiple nights. God, that fucking... Why did they know... What about the freaking... There was a... If, if there was even a portal behind everywhere they went, what about the one in the middle of the road? Did no one go back to that one? It must be in the woods, right? No, because it's, it's right there. It oh, opens yeah, up true. in the middle of the road. What, do you think it's below the concrete? Was there no traffic cones around it? Yeah. <laughs> there should be just some... Sinkhole. It's a sinkhole. It is America. It's traffic cone. Yeah, sinkhole. It's America. Everything sinks. Um, I really like the fucking effect of the rope between the two. Yeah. I really thought that was cool. Um, I'm not sure that's how gravity works. No, it's not. Situation. Well, they've got gravity in both the places, yeah. don't they? So yeah, it's got a suspension point. And the suspension point is where it's in there. Yeah, but you'd still be able to. Just it put would it spin, probably, right? You'd be able to spin it through because gravity's not that strong. Well, no, but it would spin. No, it, no, it, it would hold in place, but no, because it would spin because it's being pulled in two, both directions. Yeah, totally. so it's being pulled in both directions and being pulled down. I mean, if one part was, like, heavier than the other... Slightly. ...then it would go off. It's not, but... But it's, the moment it's... someone tries to climb it, you'd pull it through, because gravity's not that strong. Especially not on between... I mean, if there was two worlds of equal mass next to each other, so d- divided by the roof of a camper van, they would destroy each other. Your favourite song played? <laughs> Separate Ways? 
Yeah, but they, dun, 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 yeah, the weird dun, remix dun, 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 they do that's slow and hasn't got the life to it. Fucking from the theme track soundtrack to Tron. It's really good. I, I liked that. I thought that was really good. I thought you'd appreciate that anyway. Yeah, well, they played um, it in the last two. This is the trailer music for season three. Oh yeah, so it yeah. was because there's that whole remix that. Yeah. It did make me laugh. Someone's done like um, someone's done like a little video. You know, Nancy's in the upside down at the beginning of this one. She's pulling the planks off the wall, off the door. Mm. Um, someone's going, "That's a push door, Nancy. Just remove one plank and push." She does. She put, takes off the bottom three. She yeah. leaves the top one on, <laughs> but she can't step over the bottom one because <laughs> there's a lot of RPG mechanics yeah. in this show. I'll tell you what. And as you know, you can't walk over a, a waist high wall. There is there is one moment where the Vankner makeup looks really fucking good, and that's you know where Elle pushes him into the benches, the bleachers. Mm. And he comes out, and he comes out like waist first, mm. and you can see like how skinny and and like because in the last series he seemed big and intimidating. Mm. Like it, I think it was just like the fact they shot him from above, but then as soon as you see him, he's like almost like a Doug Jones creation, and That's that was nice and creepy. A skinny boy to be in the costume. Yeah, it, it was very cool. And I like the all over and him. the hand is fucking. You get a lot better shots of that fucking grotesque hand with a. Well, he's got one fingers. normal hand with long fingernails, and the and other one's all like Resident Evil style. Yeah. Fucking poor Max, though. He'll be all tyranted up in the next yeah. series. I reckon just, like, he'll be a bit fucked up again, like, all melted. Uh, but, yeah, like... Maybe they melt all the crap off him and he's perfectly fine underneath. <laughs> he just peels it off. He's like, oh, oh yeah. I'm all healed. Except for his nose. That's fucked, isn't it? He's been picking it. He moves. He's picking he moves. it too much. That will happen. A really good effect where he moved and then the mm. carnage stayed still. I was like... Mm. <laughs> it was, it's a CGI overlay over the yeah. makeup, isn't it? Well, he's got the makeup and then mm. the makeup, he has a green nose poking out and then they do the... Effect on the nose, same as they did with. Um, if ever you've seen the Dark Knight, um, the effect on Aaron Eckhart's face. Oh, was they have Harry like, Potter with. Oh, they have like green marks. It's really yeah. cool. They have like green marks, and basically, like some of it's physical, like it's like a practical effect, and then the green marks. No, are... they just cut Aaron Eckhart's face open. Wouldn't surprise Chris me. Chris Nolan was like, "Fucking," and then he was like, off. "I can act," and did I Frankenstein, the best yeah. film ever. Yeah. Uh. <sighs> right. You're done. How long until season five is that now? It won't be that long. It won't be like a three-year gap because be like this was year. all delayed from COVID production, yeah. wasn't it? And all that. But seriously, keep the cast together. Just mix up who's hanging out with who each week. Like each episode, give it a plot. Give each episode a plot. I want episodes yeah. back. I want it to be like full-on like nightmare, nightmare mode. Like they have to fight back against it. Well, yeah. It's got to be like 87 in the show now, 89? isn't it? It was 88 this year, wasn't it? Because mm, it was 86 when it started, wasn't it? It was like 83, 84, wasn't it? Is it? Yeah. Oh, I think it's 80. Because um, they dressed up as Ghostbusters in season two and Ghostbusters came out in 84, didn't it? And that yeah. was like, because it was new. Do you think she likes Ghostbusters? Of course she likes Ghostbusters. Who <laughs> likes Ghostbusters? Don't I like do. Ghostbusters like, I, like I said, I think that um, Lucas and Max have a much better relationship than any other group in this as well. So, Also, um, I'll tell you who was really nice to like, who they got involved again and they haven't just sidelined her, is um, Lucas's sister. Yeah, she's really strong at this. Really fucking no, funny. She's as got well. ask, she's that guy who held her down. That was fucked. Like <laughs> I was like, that's a little girl, dude. Like in a fucking swing set, and you're just like killer. Yeah, but yeah, right wing jock yeah. boys. They love holding down little girls. Yeah, but yeah, just like there are a lot of strong elements to it. But yeah, could could have done with a bit of a trim. And I think some of the timelines are a bit mangled. I think you're right about that as well. Yeah, just even the thing is, if you have got characters who are like tired of rope, you can have a shitload of stuff happening in the other times, as long as those scenes don't go on too long. Yeah. Because the longer those scenes go on, the more it seems like those people should be long dead by now. Yeah. And it drags out. It's not necessarily it's- about what is happening. It's yeah. how... Just condense those scenes down a little bit. 
trim, but like you could have trimmed thirty minutes from that last episode and yeah. not lose much. Or you at could all. have added in a little bit more interaction, mm. like 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 I said, Steve and Nancy and and, and uh, Robin have them fighting the vines for a little bit, and then cut mm. to Russia, then cut to other stuff. The um, thing is, it cuts away to other locations way to too stuff much. that has nothing to do with what's the because there's like a bit of like oh they're in trouble and they're trapped the logical next place you would go is to a scenario that allows them to free yeah, they do something which is that Russia. frees them but they spend like it goes five there, minutes and then it goes somewhere second. else then it goes somewhere else then it goes somewhere else and then eventually Vecna gets injured enough to free him but I was expecting them to be in Russia and they'd like you know flamethrower the Demogorgons yeah. and it distracts Vecna enough to loosen the tentacles a bit yeah. like you know, so they unwittingly help them. But it's because what you should do is when you transition from one location to another or one scene to another in the show, yeah, the place you're transitioning to should sort of like have something to do with the events in the previous scene or at least be moving towards solving the problem yeah. you just encountered. Like they could have, they could have cut in the Lucas fight, it didn't need to be one long five minute. Well, it's split over two separate sequences, wasn't it? It should have been one sequence, cut yeah. it out. And right. you should have had that. If it's going to be cut up, it should have been cut up in time. It's them trying to deflate tension, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's the way you do it. Like, it should have been cut up at the same up time as the Russian. Tension. So the Russian fight should have been... Every action beating the Russian fight should have been trimmed and then cut to Lucas fighting mm. thingy. And then just don't cut back to Nancy and Steve. Have Nancy, Steve, Robin shoot firing at Vecna at the same time as the fight's going on in Russia, same time as fight's going on with Lucas. Yeah. Same time as Eleven. Well, that's the problem. They couldn't coordinate like that. So I think that once they're all in Hawkins, yeah. all together, that's why I reckon they're going to have to kill them on three different planes of existence and mm. then just quash Close them. all the pools. Yeah. Four pools got close. Well, they just got to kill him. Then it closes yeah. the pools, doesn't it? Maybe. Maybe. But, um... Open up Stranger Things land. I'll tell you what, though. Like, Demogorgon, for, for a demon that I was just like, yeah... You know, like, in the first series, fine. You know, it's a cool cool thing. And, like, when it's revealed and, like, Steve rocks its shit, like, I was like, oh, okay, it's like a physical thing. There is ways to fight this. Mm. And, like, I liked that. Ca- like, but I didn't, like, think, oh, what that's... What the bullies from the first season? The ones he hung out with? The ones L beats up. They just vanish from the show. Oh, from this season? No, from the first season. Not from this season. Do you remember the first season? There's that bit where the bullies pick on Mike and L, like, freaks them out and, like, kicks their ass and... I, I think one of them breaks his arm or something. Yeah. Like, what happened to all the other kids at this school? Why are no other kids? <laughs> I think by the point that you've got a psychic friends flipping FBI trucks down your road, you'd probably give up, don't you? You're probably like, I'm not going to bully those kids. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, nor do I. Anyway, really enjoyed it, though. There's always new kids to be bullies. New kids. There's always new kids to be the new friend in the show, and new kids who could be the bullies. I liked the fact that the bullies changed, though, like, what they are. Like, that girl in the beginning was a right cunt. She got skates She was still cunty. You never see anything else from her. Yeah, I know. But, like, that's what I mean. At least they didn't have them learn a lesson. Yeah, because there are people that are just cunts in life. I think that was nice that they just went, all right, that's dealt with. Elle gave her a skate to the face. Yeah, I like the bit where Elle said, "Um, it's Elle in time. And she... And she went, rah! Yeah. No, I I enjoyed this. Uh, I think that there wasn't much reason to split it in two parts, but... I, as I said, I think that they were still filming a few bits. I don't so. think it was filming. I think they were literally just not ed- hadn't had it finished editing and finishing mm. the effects because it's one month. That's not a filming delay. That's that's effects. Yeah, it would have been funny if they released it and had like placeholder effects. Like, oh, I wondered the wastelands. It's just him in a green screen room. Fuck's sake! Higher the volume, right? That they use for Mandalorian and stuff. Yeah, like that sort of stuff. Wandering the wasteland, you can do that in the volume dead easy, man. Although I liked, they did a they made a set. You know the the house that was yeah, all split up and yeah, stuff yeah, and broken yeah. and the stairs. That was a set. Most of it. Some of it. Yeah, Make the background wasn't. 
Pardon? Another couple of walls and a door. Yeah, I know. But still, it looked good. The like the tendrils and shit like wrapped around stuff looked good. I was getting a bit annoyed by the CGI tendrils. Yeah, I was getting a bit annoyed by those because people were like, stay away from them. They're like, I will. And they're like, they put a lot of tendrils though, mate. You're not being as careful as you're thinking you're being careful. Yeah. Um, you're right though. Eddie's, Eddie was kind of a hero. He was kind of a good good character for the season. And I think that it helped that he was already part of the whole D&D club. Made it so that he was just like, all right, monsters are real. Fuck. Yeah. I did like the weapons they made. The shield with just some nails through I liked when it. he just nailed the shield to the ceiling. Just shoved it into the <laughs> scene to cover the fan. Like, just, yeah, it's got nails in it. Yeah. <laughs> Hold in. Quick and easy. The spears were cool looking as well. We're going to be fine. As long as they can open doors. And then cuts to outside. <laughs> one of the bats claws the door handle open. I like the fact that they were like... That should have happened. I like the fact they got in and they were just like, okay, I've closed the door. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, let's keep going. Let's just keep just going. Get out. Shouldn't yeah. just go out. You cause like, a distraction. I really... When they had all the cages and stuff, I thought, oh, they're going to make a battle bus like in Dawn of the Dead. Like in Fortnite. <laughs> no, you know, like in Dawn of the Dead where they make yeah. the... They put the railings on it and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's a clever idea. And then they were like, they've just made a little cage out the front. I like of it. I when, they, like, when they stole the spaceship from Spaceballs and drove it Oh, the RV. Yeah. The Winnebago. I, just, I felt so bad for those people. And there was like a poverty joke they didn't need to make. Robin's like, oh, you don't often lose your house and your car in the same same day. And I was like, that's a bit mean. Come on, we don't need poverty jokes. It doesn't them. matter though. They're probably dead because the yeah, earthquake thing would have yeah, just ripped straight through. Rocked their no, shit. Or, or they, they saved their house by driving it away. It would have been destroyed by the, um, the earthquake thing. Yeah. That was good of Steve to steal the car. I like the fact they go to help people as well at the end. Like they actually, unlike the Marvel universe, they actually show that people are being massively affected. They used by to this. help people in the Marvel. Universe. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Doctor Strange helps people in the Marvel universe. Does he? Yeah, in the Sam Raimi film, he's uh, like getting people away from the monster. And well, stuff. One thing I noticed from watching Doctor Strange—I well, mean, I've always noticed it—is Sam Raimi's idea of the greatest peril in the world is to fall from a ledge. <laughs> like I'm not. If you watch Sam Raimi's films, the amount of time someone stands on the edge of something and yeah. nearly falls, or where they get put on a ledge. Like a monster purposely carries Chavez up a building to leave her on yeah, a ledge. Yeah, on a ledge. Yeah, and it happens twice in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> also, he likes people's faces getting covered up by stuff. Yeah. Like, <gasps> oh, he loves loves shit being thrown in people's yeah. faces. Right. Anyway. anyway, yeah. Stranger Things. Stranger Things, season season four, part two. Um, yeah. Good. Good stuff. Um, shaky. Not as good as season three in my eyes, but it still goes season three, one... Four and two. Wasn't a big fan of two. There's some good moments in it, but like overall, <clears throat> I think my problem is that it's so Jonathan heavy, and I hate Jonathan so much. He might be a nice guy. He's probably not. He was a drug addict. He I don't know. Drug addict. He just did know, a lot of coke. He no. He was. He just likes the reefer. No, he did a lot of coke in in real life. Did he? Yeah, he was doing coke. He tried to smuggle someone on a plane. He's not allowed to. <laughs> he wasn't allowed to travel over for the uh, premiere of Stranger Things. Terrorizing people like Ezra Miller. <laughs> going around, going around doing coke. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's why I don't like. I, I don't have a problem with people being on drugs, except for Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, and Russell Brand. They're all cunts. But like, that's not a correlation I put together. I just don't like the fact that that Jonathan in every series is, <laughs> and in this one he's like, I do weed now. Calms him down. Like if he did something, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't be as angry. But he just doesn't do anything, except for Nancy. He doesn't even do. That. No, he doesn't even do that now. No, she's back on Steve. Mm. Who wouldn't be? I think she's a little bit Robin as well. Yeah, I'm a little bit Robin. 
And I'm a little bit Harrington. Uh, South Park used to be funny. Anyway, it's been episode 189 of Crow Apocalypse. I've been Matt. You've been Ant. You can be found on that YouTube. Is a vicious rumor. You can be found on YouTube as Mellow Gaming and also on Twitter as Wild Wars Hat and LV54 Space Monkey. You also have uh, Ant's Bot Collection, which is your YouTube thing. You don't have to tell people about this stuff. No one cares. And you can find me at Crit Apocalypse everywhere. Um, as always, Boris Johnson tried to hire his mistress whilst his wife was struggling with cancer to be his. But he found out his wife had cancer and then got his snuck his girlfriend into number ten to get a blowjob. Yeah, yeah. And then tried to hire her that, um, as his aide. That Joe Blow website's getting a lot of accidental hits. Yeah, then tried to hire her as his aide to work with him in a £100,000 position, his mistress. Now his wife, but his mistress. When I was a kid, I remember when the President of the United States was dragged through the courts for a long time with great detail about sexually abusing abusing his aide. In the White House, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, well, how times are different. I do remember that tweet that went around. I was like, what's the riskiest thing you've ever done? At a job, and Monica Lewinsky just like retweeted, we like, um. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a good sense of humor about it now. She's actually very, very good to follow on Twitter. She's very clever. Um, and good on her, because, I mean, she was horribly treated by the American media after that. Somehow he was treated like a fucking national hero for doing it, and she was treated like He's a, a villain. friend of Epstein's. Yeah, he is, yeah. Fucking friend of Epstein. That was. Says it all. Was. Well, so was Trump. So because was Bill he's Gates. dead. <laughs> You know, fucking Boris Johnson was probably there on a weekly basis because Boris Johnson fucks kids. Oh, sorry. Did I... Did I, I said the thing I wasn't going to say. Oh, no. It must be because we're in the upside down. Uh, anyway, you done now. Can yeah. I click stop? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to click stop. Yeah.